just a good old boy Never meaning no harm Beats all you never saw Been in trouble with the law since the day they was born Good old boys I'm Mark Bog Beef I'm Tink Sorg Hello What's up fellas? Another day uh, under the thumb, I'm drinking a, uh, you know, you know what this, we're like 20 years into the occupation. I'm drinking literally a, a Bezos brand red energy drink. You know, it's just red. They don't go, you know, if you're, if you're like a, uh, you know, somebody, if you're like a PMC or something, you drink like, uh, they don't even drink tea. They have like passion fruit tea. You know what I mean? Or, yeah. Um, yeah. No, we just get tea, red drink. It, it's just. It's bad times. <laughs> I'm good. I'm, I'm actually just going to stop like drinking energy drinks because um, they're they're too expensive, and I'm poor. And also, I just love tap water now. Like a tall glass of tap, yeah, it's nothing yeah. better, dude. I love yeah. the fluoride. I love Obama. <laughs> <laughs> That's the way to go. Yeah, get your tap water, your raw milk, your. Um... I don't uh, think I've ever drank an entire energy drink in my life. What? See, I, I, I don't. I mean, yeah, I don't know if I've had more than a couple sips, honestly. Yeah. Uh, you know, like when the the energy drinks went through like different phases, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, uh, I don't know if I don't know what you guys had in Sweden. So, like, there were some fate like energy drinks used to be just like real working class shit. Uh. So like, like guys who like drove uh, drove Monster. trucks, uh, uh, guys who threw drywall and shit, they were on those five hour energies. Um, then you saw the next stage with like uh, Monster went to uh, like white trash and yep. Mexican day laborers. Mm-hmm. Mexican day laborers sort of blew up the the white monsters. The uh, uh, honkies were on the green monsters back then. You remember this? Yeah, we used to get the tattoos of the monster. No one. This is like a a long time ago. Monsters came back, Uh, and I think gamers have just have been there in the mix because gamers had um, surge. No, no, no. Jolt Cola, right? They had Jolt Cola. I remember driving. uh, I drove an hour and a half to get some Jolt Cola. I have no, no, no why. We thought this was the coolest shit. Uh, Yeah, Um, I remember being like. You know, in a LAN party when I was like 16 years or even 14 years old, playing like the beta to Warcraft 3, drinking <laughs> Jolt Cola. Like that was that was pretty Holy epic. Uh, yeah, yeah the, the, we, I mean, that's uh, that's a that's a moment that Scandinavian uh, RTS party. What was that fucking song? Uh, oh, <laughs> my God. Yeah. Bass yes. Hunter. Yes. Yeah. My God. Like that that shit. <laughs> God. That I mean that was that was good PR. Cause I mean, cause we you know, we had no idea. He could have told us that, that anything was going on up there. Yeah. We're like, I mean, holy shit. Yeah, like let's be real. The the moment of sort of like there's two sort of magical moments in gaming. The one is calling everyone a, a <laughs> during like Modern Warfare Two, um, before like we, the, hey, we don't have the N word pass, buddy. We're gonna have to bleep that yeah, shit. Well, I do, I do. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. 
but but the thing is, like that was, you know, the the whole sort of angry kids with Xboxes, and you just Eric, shot them you with probably the slide in with the one drop rule, huh? Yeah. How fucking dare you? Sorry, continue. <laughs> sorry, sorry. I'm sorry. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, but you know, you know, you you said uh, uh, very naughty words, profanities, like uh, calling people African Americans uh, after shooting them with the noob tube. And also, you know, land parties um, uh, playing like Warcraft free custom maps and carrying your heavy ass CRT monitor, like begging your parents to drive you to to the lawn uh, like center, whatever. No input lag on that on that on that that CRT. You know, that, yeah. Uh... Yeah, European. It was all. It was like in the early days of like uh, when you're playing online and there's like voice chat, like in Counter Strike and stuff like that. You get like like especially Russians, and they would they would try to insult Americans by like talk like casually tossing around the the N word at us. It's like I don't know if you guys know that they knew the demographics of the people who played like Counter Strike on on the computer. But they probably they probably were. It was like you're you're missing the mark a little bit. Yeah, but but I mean, look, like that was that was a cool sort of um, time of the internet still being the sort of frontier where it was just left to weirdos and kids. Um, yeah. And 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 you know, like multiplayer games these days, there's all these kinds of words fil- word filters, and people don't get as mad anymore. That's oh, that's man. the saddest thing, oh, dude. You got. Get a PlayStation and play the NBA game. Uh, it's just a golden age of racial abuse going on there. Yeah, every I mean, day. I mean the the thing about the thing about Modern Warfare Two was just that it was so fucking cancerous. Like you had like the the noob tube. You just sat in a corner and you used one man army to get more noob tube shots. Then you called in some fucking attack helicopter, or whatever, and then you nuked the map. And everyone just was constantly on tilt over the tiniest fucking thing in that game. I don't think I ever played a Call of Duty game multiplayer ever. But, like, that's the thing now, right? Uh, that and, like, what in Halo was huge too, right? Yeah. Like, those those golden days of gaming are never coming back, Marek. It's, it's, it's <laughs> over, folks. Yeah, I mean, so there was a lot of bullshit. So, uh, I mean, even if you don't know anything about games, you people must have seen this, like, uh, uh, this this uh big uh the starcraft thing right yeah starcraft became like a national sport in south korea a real national support no real national sport they fill out uh, uh stadiums and like happy players or household names and shit and i i remember uh so I, there was this channel i saw on on youtube and it was highly promoted and sort of every day they would post tips and tricks and strategies of how to play this video game and see, this video game was played in a one v one format. And what I what I came to realize, like after a while, is that uh, there was like the, there were like maybe uh, three dozen people in in North America that played this game one v one because everyone's such a fucking baby now that they can't handle fucking taking an L. Yeah, it, I mean. They they just won't do because if you lose, oh, they had like they have had to re-engineer video games so that no one's um, no one can ever feel like they lost. It's oh the other guy on our team lost. <laughs> everyone is such a has just a transparent fucking uh, uh, ego that uh, it just gets shattered with the tiniest thing now. 
Yeah, it, it's it's nice that you would bring up like uh, South Korea though, because that's actually one of the issues that are useful for like one of the things I wanted to talk about actually, because um, South Korea is kind of like the the end station of sort of where America is going in some ways. Mm. Yeah, we 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 talked about Japan about that a little bit. Basically, England is our bureaucratic future and. East Asia, East Asia contains uh, a lot of our social futures. I think is where you're headed with that. Yes. Yeah, I mean, kind of because it's it's like you know, uh, I'm actually I'm writing a piece on this for American Affairs together with Marty. Um, oh. Uh, but the the gist of it is like you know the sort of elite overproduction theory, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There, yeah. There's, 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 like two, there's too many sort of. Uh, Want to be elites? There's not enough positions. Too many to, chiefs, not enough Indians. Yeah. And so you have a sort of Malthusian trap where um, the the chiefs they can't subsist on on the Indians that are there, so they can only sort of cannibalize each other or uh, increase the um, exploitation of the the Indians that remain. Well, I mean, South Korea is basically the the perfect model of that because you know what sort of school. Um, pace these people are on. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, yeah, they're 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 like um, uh, sweatshops for for algebra and shit. I, don't I really mean, think. no, it's it's like you know, sweatshops are basically summer camp compared to this shit. Uh, like if you read that that novel by Solzhenitsyn, like a day in the life of Ivan Denisovich. Like mm-hmm. that guy is basically at a sort of Stalinist summer camp, like a vacation home or something, compared to the the day staple off. Because like a, a normal sort of Korean high school student before the entrance exams will you know go up at maybe five in the morning, head to school, and you know school uh, stops at like four p.m. And then you go from school to the library until maybe 8 or 9 p.m. And then you go from the library to the cram school that ends at like 11 p.m. or or 12 p.m. So there's... Preparing you for a life of just of nonstop pussy. (laughs) Yeah. uh, Well, you know, that's the other thing. You know, there's kind of two things that, that the American right... who which doesn't really know what the fuck it's going to do about anything. It's just totally lost in confusion. But if there's like two issues that American conservators and boomers and so on really care about, it's, it's woke culture and it's the family and, you know, got to have the kids, man. And sort of Korea is interesting because sure, they don't have woke, woke culture, but, I mean, we've we've talked about this before. Like a lot of wokeness is actually just one means of uh, gatekeeping elites and sort yeah. of bringing about this Malthusian like ca- elite cannibalism. Because if you can cancel people, well, you can take their jobs, right? Yeah. Yeah. Which is ultimately why you get something like you know a a a person preparing for college entrance exams, sort of partaking in some Twitter community where the entire point is to scan through Twitter posts of other people taking the entrance exams to see if they can find something to counsel them for that they posted five years ago. 
Yeah, yeah, which is, which is a thing that it, it's – uh, you know, it's a small tangent time about about this. That so, uh, there. I think there's always been this. There's this sort of thing. Uh, I'm not saying I'm not saying it's always the same, and it may not be the same in the critical dimensions. However, uh, once you have really good times, you got you got a got a lot of people with a lot of promising kids, and there's you know you end up in in this whatever you end up in this situation where there's um. Uh, too many people are, are, are applying to Harvard or whatever. Uh, you know, that wasn't the situation, uh, you know, uh, 70, 80 years ago. Uh, but anyways, um, so you end up in a situation. However, let's go back in history. Uh, if you go to a Roman, we always got to go back to Rome, right? If you go back to a, like a Roman trial or like uh, to Romans or Roman elites are going after each other and they don't really have anything on them, uh, what do they do? They, they, they try to drag up a sex scandal. Yeah. It's a, uh, hey, I saw this guy beating off in public, or this guy fucked his sister. Uh, uh, the, the, people always say, like, oh, wow, the Romans were total sex freaks, you know, because we've, through history, we've gotten all this stuff where, you know, Cicero's like, oh, this guy is a pervert. This guy, well, no, that was, uh, they were kind of prudish, honestly. That's why these um, these accusations sort of were, were the main currents. That's why all you heard about was this, was this stuff, because it's how you yeah, went to war. I have to, I have to interrupt this tangent for like five seconds. Mm-hmm. And just say, what the fuck? Uh, what What is Jordan Peterson doing? He's posting pictures of his uh, daughter in the lobster, like, lingerie, raft set, whatever. But what? Th- that's, that's, that's weird. Like, I thought you were trad, brah. Uh, uh, he's click, a, click the link. He's an arch lib. He's a, <laughs> he's a Freud scholar. And uh, yeah, his, daughter, mean, his, his daughter's got him into some kind of, like... Uh, like Stephen King misery situation, like nobody can talk to him without going. Like, uh, uh, she's like trying, like halfway trying to kill him, and, and, and there's all kinds of crazy. Wait, is this a bit or is that actually true? No, I mean, there's some weird stuff going on there. Yeah, uh, he, he was he was in a mental institution or something, and he, he, he addicted to opiates, right? Something like that. Something like that. Yeah, uh, yeah, benzos. Yeah, just oh, gotcha. remember the Halcyon days of like 2016. Which feels like a lifetime ago because politically it really was, where people like Jordan Peterson were like the big hope of all of these sort of lost men, return well, to trad, real families, and then it's like a yeah, couple of years. No, really though, it was Peter was did anybody really like look at Peterson and think he's traditional in any sense of the word? Uh, I, well, I think I've got, a, I've got a, hot a couple of like months at least. So I, I've got a hot. Okay, so first off, if you if you make a dollar uh, doing anything, uh, uh, talking about anything online, you owe to Jordan Peterson because he basically like commenting about Jordan Peterson is basically like what half the industry of of online <laughs> yeah, stuff is. It, it used yeah. to be, and and it's kind of it's kind of falling into. Um, I mean, time is moving on, so a lot of these people are are sort of out of a quote unquote grift. Yeah, but, but I guess that he he really is trying. This is sort of kinesianism for the Jordan Peterson industry, like posting all of these lobster pictures. I guess. Yeah. Anyway, back to. Uh, I was gonna say, uh, okay, so the, a lot of the, the commentary right now, there's a lot of uh, 
right wingers and stuff that are like, oh, he's um, especially the young any right winger under forty. It's like, oh, this guy Jordan Peterson, he's a cuck. Uh, we didn't need we didn't need guys like him because he doesn't have enough base, um, you know, ideas about about uh, individualism and stuff like that. Okay, you ever see? Do you ever see that his proposal or he was looking for funding to make a list of of uh of uh what? <laughs> Of uh, professors that were sabotaging the uh, 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 enemies of Western civilization. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. Good luck with that. Okay, but that would have been like a hundred times more, like more fascist than like any of these guys could could talk. Like, oh, you read the Maestro all day? Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna publish a list of uh, of uh, (laughs) of uh, uh, professors that uh, to you know what I mean? Like uh, that that's like. Yeah. yeah, I mean, if you if you had the power behind it, but but at this point it would be yeah. like these are the people that are just in the process of stomping on our nuts. Like, yeah, yeah, this please. was back when there was a, a moral panic and things like that. The, yeah. the, the thing people get in trouble to uh, trouble with when it comes to Peterson is like when like I hate the word trap because like it's it's one thing it's like that no one who no one I've ever known in my life who was like what I would call trad would would call themselves trad. They wouldn't even know what that means. Yeah. He, but, okay, but, he's, it's not trad. Okay, he's a clinical psychologist, and, and he's he has a, people that come to him. They're fucked up. Like I can't go to work because I do drugs all day. And what happens is the things that yeah, you do yeah. to get out of that are kind of quote unquote trad. Right, right. But like, like Jordan Pearson's thing was that he was a famous professor who was like a two thousand and one, like a guy from two thousand and one. That's it. Like, and like I'm that. If you're like a famous professor, especially in Canada, like that makes you like, a, I guess, right wing. Just like if you're just like who would be a normal guy in the year two thousand. Like that was his thing, yeah. and, uh, and that's that's like the perfectly fine thing to be. I, I, I the, the weird thing about him, like everyone, people who got mad at him, it's like uh, almost all the stuff he he would he would say, like in his books, like uh, or like the list of things you should do. They're all like stuff like your dad was supposed to tell you when you were a child. Like they weren't. It wasn't like he was making outlandish proposals. Yeah, to, uh, yeah, sure. You just, just, just you know, uh, clean your room and uh, you know, work on work on yourself and stuff. Very, uh, I don't want to say basic, but like very common sense self help stuff. It, it was, it, it was really funny that they attacked him with some kind of like super psycho yeah, fashion. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like it's at that point, I think that the entire. The reason people really hated Jordan Peterson was, I mean, one, he's sort of like the um, archetypical sort of, you're a white male. Um, And if someone in that position, given the state we're in with this like elite competition, someone in that position should at least play the game, should just go, yeah, well, you know, I'm going to do everything you ask me so I don't get canceled because I really need to keep my job and I respect your power. And, and obviously he sort of, he cheated just like uh, Caesar sort of cheated against the Senate <laughs> by um, just so going, free, to people, yeah. going to the people. Uh, this guy went, went to, without really intending to do so to a lot of sort of disaffected um, uh, men primarily who are sort of shut out of this elite competition in the first place. Here's my hot take on Peterson. Maybe it's a cold take, actually, because people people seem to be forgetting why he became famous in the first place, and that was because he was uh, publicly opposing the yeah. transsexual laws in Canada, right? And uh, he made a lot of bold uh, bold claims about where that stuff was going in, what, 2015, something like that, right? 
Yeah. Uh, well, it's 2021. Is <laughs> yeah, all <laughs> of that shit has happened. Sure. Yeah, and I, 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 I think that's why he became a target early on because like, uh, this is a move that this is a move that was being made. Yeah. Institutional was, power. By, yeah. By the way, it wasn't a law. It was this move that uh, this is this is a common move where it was like, oh, we're just like a city council or we're just like a school. And we're going to adopt a resolution and put it in a policy, yeah. and then other institutions adopt that as policy. However, there, there is there, you, you talked about the uh, the going Caesar, there might uh, or or elite overproduction. Uh, well, you know, there's a little bit of that going on with with, with uh, uh, Peterson. Okay, so Peterson got a. Um, so I, I don't know anything about about academia. However, they uh, Harvard Harvard brought him on as like one of these. Um, where he's teaching classes, he's instructing classes, like he's leading a classroom, but he's not on the tenure yet. But they're like trying you out or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and th- they brought him on like that. He wrote like three or four books, and he just started p- doing. You could tell he was he was on a grind. He wanted to get on get on the team at fucking Harvard. That's you know he's uh, that's the top of your field. Uh, they kind of passed him over. And next thing you know, this guy's on TV talking about making lists of professors. So that's all I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> the thing is, like, at this point, uh, Peterson, and, and we don't really need to sort of linger on, linger on him for too long, but his, his history has sort of passed him by. Like, he had his moment where being a sort of um, classical liberal, standing up for real liberal values, blah, 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 like that that was sort of a flashpoint or something controversial five, six years ago, but like his entire, that entire sphere of the intellectual dark web, like they've been completely abandoned by history. Like nobody really needs them. There's no fucking real liberals left. Everyone has converted to this successor ideology as Yang, uh, Wesley Yang calls it. And on the right, well, everyone kind of realizes that this is just sort of uh, being that guy in curling, sort of mopping the ice for the opponent opponent <laughs> team. If you go like, oh, well, I'm going to stand up for my principles while you stab me in the back because you lack principles. Like, no, you can't do that. Like everyone's sort of realizing that. Senator Wright is toast. Uh, uh, Tucker did... Um... Uh, the piece on uh, uh, a certain replacement yesterday. Uh, yeah, things have changed. Just we're we're not there anymore. Yeah, uh, find even, our way. Yeah, sorry. Go ahead. I was trying to find our way back to where we were. Um, oh yeah, I was saying uh, there's some form of elite warfare. Uh, I, even Thucydides said, uh, like if, you know, if you, if you need to take somebody down and you don't really have a way, like you know, you're they're not on the other side of of a, of a battle from you. Uh, the way to go is a sex scandal, uh, and that's uh, that's. Uh, I think sex scandal is is is. Uh, there's a certain kind of cancel culture that's uh, that's a bit timeless. It doesn't mean it's like yeah. good or that like this is exactly the same thing because this sort of affects uh, normies in a way that like used to like. There's a lot of weird shit where a lot of these things are like uh, affect people that like work at drugstores and stuff to whereas uh, they didn't really uh, in Victorian times, maybe you could go down to a sex scandal in the high core, but that shit didn't really go down the same way uh, for plebs. But uh, yeah, so it's not, I'm not saying exactly the same. However, there is a, there, there's always been a kind of warfare for uh, stuff like this. Yeah. I mean, sure. Like 
there's always competition between elites. It's just that when there's too many chiefs, too few Indians, it all kicks into overdrive. And so wokeness, this sort of explosion, uh, people have often commented like, why is it that uh, all of this sort of black nationalism and uh, communism and revolution against capitalism, why is it only really virulent at elite institutions you have to pay $100,000 a year to get into? Uh, well, gee, gosh, who knows? That's, maybe that's where the killers are at. Yeah, maybe it's because that's what where it's fucking relevant. Uh, because, again, the U.S. is sort of switching from this old sort of test system that it had. Uh, you know, colleges, they, they apply or they, they accept applicants based on test aptitude, but also on sort of non-objective measurements. And in the U.S., and this is why the comparison with Korea is fairly interesting. In Korea, after the crisis in the 90s, they said, oh, well, okay, there's not going to be, this is going to be a huge fucking game of musical chairs. And anyone who doesn't study hard enough, it's going to get left behind and let the devil take the hindmost. And then you end up with uh, basically like gulag levels of overwork. Well, actually, even worse, because in the gulags, they actually slept for seven hours a night or something. But Korean students, there's a saying in Korea that goes, well, a student, a high school student that sleeps for three hours can hope, if he's lucky and good, to get into a top university. A student who sleeps four hours can get into a sort of also-run university. A student who sleeps five hours or more can't get into any university at all. So you hear that, students? Three hours or less, that's, that's your nightly allotment. Obviously, sleeping three hours a night is going to do, especially as you're growing, that's going to fuck your brain up something real fierce. Like, it, it's going to, uh, at the very least, do play havoc on, on the brain's ability to form memories, because that's a biological process. But again, this is kind of nice knife's edge competition here. Um, everyone, uh, I, uh, someone told me when I sort of ranted about this on Twitter that he, he, he used to work as a sort of English teacher in South Korea. And one of his sort of female students who was like eight or nine years old said that she loved school because school was the only time where she could play on, on, on the breaks between classes. So, you know, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, like three times a day. Sure, you can play hopscotch, Mr. or Mrs. Eight years old. Uh, all of the other time, no, you have, to, you have to prepare. You have to be in the game. You have to compete for one of the chairs. Do they, do they still think that running a, a oscillating fan in the bedroom at night kills you? Yeah, probably. I mean, it's fucking Korea. Like that, that, that country is just crazy. People, people laugh at me when I say that I would much rather live in sort of North Korea. But uh, I'm, I'm not even kidding about that. But that, that's not even due to you know Kim Jong Un having a really sexy sister. Uh, it's also because like. You know, even if South or North Korea is this sort of real, really existing socialist hellhole, 
like what that means is you're going to be queuing up to buy toilet paper for an hour a day and then you're going to have a really shitty job and then you're going to have to study something like oh i don't know six hours a day or something instead of 18 and you're going to have a shitty job but guess what this is the other thing about elite competition it destroys fertility rates you know what the fertility rate in in south korea is like 1.6 right it's really nope. low. It's what is it? it's less than one. It's something like one point eighty or something. The the fertility rate in 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 the South Korean capital of Seoul is last I checked zero point sixty four. Holy shit! Two point two point one is replacement yeah. rate. By the way, so that essentially means that with that raw fertility, you will every generation. So like twenty forty years or so. Uh, about 68% or more of the total population is going to disappear. Yeah. Because, yeah, like you need, you need, you need uh, uh, 1.05 kids for uh, every generation to be half as big as the earlier one. What, where are they, you know, the, the right wing guys that are all in on, uh, on IQ? Where, where are they at on this? I don't know. I mean, look. I, this, is, this is highly dysfunctional. These yeah. people are super well, smart. You know, earlier Tink Zorg said that it's strange because they they have these bombed out fertility rates, but they they don't have any kind of like any analog to wokeness there or whatever, right? Yeah. You know, the thing that the thing like the, uh, that would be the culprit if you talk to like a uh, like Ben Shapiro type, right? And that, that's what yeah. he would say, right? This is because of woke feminism and wokeness, right? No, dude, like South Korea bans pornography. Um, yeah. it, it's it's not yeah. allowed. But the thing is, the, the, the problem here is that, yeah, the likes of Ben Shapiro would say, oh, well, you know, just ban the fucking porn, bro. Like, it's it's all about people not being trapped. Like my sister, Abigail Shapiro, who mm. posts her feet pics on Twitter all day. Be nice, though. <laughs> yeah, friend of the program. Yeah, I mean, look. I don't judge. <laughs> I'm not into feet, but I I think she knows very well what she's doing. Uh, the little okay. troll up. <laughs> I mean, should, here's my feeling on this. And this is something that, like, uh, you know, a lot of people talk about her. And she, it's like all what people do is just admit that her body is, like, mutant out of this world, like, like. It's not that people are like, oh, well, she's attractive. She's not attractive. I'm like, no, no, just go, like go find like a supermodel or something that has a body of these like absurd like Barbie proportions. Okay. That's yeah. I mean, saying. look, I'm, people, I get, I get roasted all the time. They're like, oh, you think she's attractive? What's wrong with you? I'm like, motherfucker, look at her. Yeah. Dude, that's, that's, those, something's those... wrong with these people. Not me. Not me. I'm, I'm fine. I'm I'm totally I'm totally on the Casper Milker train, you know. Yeah, these people are like, look at those big breasts. I'm like, what, like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like, uh, it's, it's look at look, get on Wikipedia. It's called secondary secondary sexual characteristic. Okay, you're gay. I'm not. I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> nothing wrong with me. She's a, she's, this is a very One, attractive nothing woman. Nothing wrong with me. Two. Nothing wrong with me. Three. Something scarred again. Yeah. Well, you know. Um, where were we? Yeah, um, uh, birth rates. Uh, Abigail Shapiro. So, so Ben Shapiro would say in his little weaselly voice that you know all you have to do is give some more money to the TPUSA or whatever. And uh, the problem is socialism. 
Yeah, the problem is socialism <laughs> and uh, uh, this big state, big government. Big government. Uh, but otherwise, otherwise people would have kids, and that's that's just not true. Like South Korea doesn't have wokeness because wokeness is a uh, competition strategy for the elite. What okay. kills? Uh, Here's another one. Yeah. We should go down. We should. We should. You know the the, the meme of, of Grim Reaper going down the doors. Okay. What about <laughs> here's what about another one? Uh, what about ethnic uh, ethnic uh, uh, homogeneity? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, they, they got this shit unlocked, son. Yeah. They, they got it unlocked. They're they're. they're I mean, for I understand, this isn't even like China where you got like oh, there's the Uyghurs and the Han. Oh no, they're all the same. All the same. Everything is lovely. Everything's perfect. Nope. This is totals out. Yeah. Who's, same who's with next? Japan. Same Where's with Japan. Japan? Where's the IQ guys in the house? Where are you yeah. guys at? These guys are killing it in IQ. They'll they'll beat your son's ass in algebra. They're, they're geniuses. Uh, they're, but but this is like terminal event. I, I, I never want to never want to talk uh, speak for Spangler because I'm not smart enough. But uh, there's the argument that like we know being, what the metric is. I don't know if we should bring that up yet. It's too early in the program. To bring up ha, ha, the having very high IQs and it's not. No, no, I'm not talking about. I'm not talking about Spengler. I'm talking about like there's you. You don't know these guys. There's a, there's a sect of guys. Um, this is like a, a new group of guys that they're like anons. They're sort of a part of NRX people. Uh, they have words like IQ shredder and um, oh yeah, yeah, Leninism yeah, guy. They're like oh, it, it's just it's all in on IQ. That's why they all. Yeah, uh, they're like, I, I I always found that to be super like unconvincing. I think that shit is mostly just a cope. Yeah, I mean, so but I mean, so uh, you know, uh, there is uh, so we uh, there's a metric for this. Uh, we'll we'll save that for later. Let's continue. Well, let me finish what I was saying, which is that I like, I talk about globe all the time. Uh, Aces is a pretty easy way to understand this. Like, uh, the more intellectual your society becomes, the worse. Like the 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 fewer children you're going to have, the less you're going to care about life in general. Like the the basics of life because people. Uh, get infected with like ennui and why what's the point of it all and uh you pretty much yeah i that that sort of theory sounds somewhat sort of convincing i guess but there's a huge problem with it which is well on the other hand you have sort of biological forces uh pushing you to be a coomer and um and those tend to be pretty strong like people tend to have kids if they if nature allows it but the problem with the korean example is that um sure they have tests they have standardized tests and god, good god you have to study a lot to uh, be able to uh, um, get into a university not as a function of well you know we really need all of these super smart guys because usually uh, most people they sort of coast along like even fucking worker ants have I don't know, like 40% of worker ants are kind of just like neats who uh, <laughs> do some do, do some light work now and then, but they kind of go, well, you know, I'm going to sit here in the nest and let you carry all the heavy stuff. Like really? That, yeah, yeah, dude. Just, just, just search for uh, worker ants and like slackers um, because they did a study on that. They sort of marked individual ants and saw that, like, some ants, they did no fucking work at all. Most societies are kind of like that, even even ant societies. So so <laughs> the, the thing that uh, causes this sort of grueling competition, well, it has to do with the econ- economic crisis in the 90s. There's not enough 
seats to go around. And so the competition becomes more murderous. It's it's not some innate, well, we really need people who can sort of recite this poem by Confucius backwards. Otherwise, the trains uh, won't run or something like that. But But the U.S., has declared war on these sorts of tests, actually. In the US, you have test culture being dominated by Koreans, you know, Chinese, Japanese immigrants, which is a real problem because there's too many yellow devils at, um, at Harvard. Like, there's too many Chinamen. There, yeah. You know, these aren't the people that built the railroads, Walter. Like, we can't have them at Yale. And and that's kind of that's kind of a huge issue that nobody really talks about, in that this war against you know the whiteness of test culture or whatever, it's actually sort of white people like affluent white women and sort of um, black people in a alliance to get rid of the um, the sort of Asian overrepresentation. Absolutely, yeah. The the if they. Uh, the numbers in between, like, um, if they if they basically uh, 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 discriminate against Asian or they don't, the whitey number doesn't move up or down very much. Yeah. Uh, but but the the slider for the uh, Asian number uh, moves moves huge. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, these people kick ass at, at, at tests. Yeah, and so what what what's happening is that the the same sort of competition drive in the US and Korea is being funneled through very different sort of channels. So in in Korea, it's on its face sort of egalitarian. Sure, you need to go to cram school and you need to like do all of this work, but but it's kind of out in the open. Like you either ace the test or you don't. And if you don't, well, fuck you. Like there's no place in society for you. Uh, In the US, What's happening is that all of these rich people hire sort of writers to write these essays. Uh, and these essays today put a lot of stress on you being... Yeah, we, we've, sort of, inter- we've interviewed yeah. one of these writers, by, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I haven't listened to that episode, but I'm sure it's fascinating. Um, but, but yeah, so what did he say? Like, what what was the sort of big points in how to write a good college essay oh uh i don't remember we t- we touched on a little bit uh maybe there was some tear jerking going on um uh it's mostly, it mostly about how how phony it was because yeah. he was doing these very personal essays for people and he just was just making up uh you know he, he he's describing the the very personal details of someone else's life and uh getting paid to do it yeah, exactly. And and so, yeah, he, he's basically a consultant. You say, well, my junior needs to get into Harvard. What can you do? And he says, well, okay, I'm going to write a sort of stock standard essay stressing these and these points because this is what the examiners sort of yeah. are all about. And so you have your your ability to enter the elite now is shifting to from more or less testing and in the old days it was well who's your daddy like literally uh is your family on the social register of boston or whatever well then you get into this university if not well you need to get a scholarship or something but it's mostly sort of an an old boys club yeah how many how many ancestors can you trace in the mayflower yeah exactly (laughs) 
So, but, but, I mean, I, by the way, like, I don't being being real here. Uh, uh, there, uh, I think that we're paying some price for. Okay, you have there. There's no way to have a society without a caste system. Okay, uh, or maybe we can't after the Great Revolution. Uh, the way you're supposed to do this shit is you're supposed to uh, 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 the the people go there should be the upper caste, and then you should let in a couple of the people that are below her caste that are so hard charger that they'll that they'll Spartacus you if you don't let them come up. That's what I would do. But the, but the, but these are but I mean but there are upper caste is so greedy that they also have to uh, get the PR that they are, that they deserve it. Yeah, yeah. And so at this point, the you re, you really need to write a sort of harrowing story about how you're uh, an anti-capitalist fighter against adversity. Like you, you, someone touched your hair in middle school once and said, "Nice hair." And this this really taught you about like the suffering of the Africans in the Boer War. Whatever the fuck, like nobody cares. Nobody reads that crap. Uh, nobody really believes it. It's it's sort of pro forma, but you have to do it, and you have to hire all these teachers and consultants, and you have to do go through all the steps, which includes in the Bay tanning Area. Bed. Sorry, what? Tanning bed. Tanning bed. Yeah, but it also includes uh, starting an NGO. So fu- the fucking Bay Area has more NGOs than people at this point, because everyone, every mom has to start an NGO for their kids. So that kid can say, well, I had this NGO uh, cleaning up all of the shit from the streets of L.A. Well, we didn't really clean all of any of the feces, but we sort of wrote the PowerPoint presentation about delivering optimized solutions to deal with this sort of human waste problem. Ten and, years um, ago, it was it, it was you did a science you had a science stuff. Ten years before that, you went to Africa and took some pictures, handing yeah, out yeah. Uh, uh, a medicine. I remember that face. Yeah, this uh, yeah this this is a highly competitive thing. Sorry. Yeah, and so at this point, the what what is happening in the U.S. What conservatives and people on the right say? Well, woke culture, it's just fucking exploding, man. Like these people are crazy. Well, no, they're not really crazy. They're actually fairly rational. Um, just as it's on its face, really fucking crazy to sleep three hours a night. Like you will ruin your health and you will lead the life of a gulag sort of intern, prisoner, whatever, uh, for, for like the majority of your, your early life, like when you're your formative period. Like that shit is super dystopian. But on the other hand, Given that there's like a, a thousand takers for every seat at the university that you want to get into, like this is all you can do. And given that there's a thousand takers for every fucking spot in the US right now, uh, this sort of woke uh, um, inquisitions, that's all you can do at that point also. And to tie this back to why I would rather live in North Korea than South Korea, you know what the uh, uh, raw fertility rate of South Korea is? Or North Korea, sorry. No. 1.90. I mean, ah. it's below replacement level, but it's... Really? Uh, yeah. But it's That's still... interesting. Okay, so uh, every generation we're going to have like 90% as many people as we had last one. Instead of... 
And uh, the thing is, like, if you if you're a sort of normal, average, bog standard guy, uh, you, you don't have any particularly going on in your life because you're kind of the mean, the average. Your chance of getting a family and uh, like successfully reproducing in North Korea is an order of magnitude higher. Like it's it's much, much fucking higher than in South Korea. And if you happen to believe that those things are sort of a part of a fulfilling human life, then in some ways, South Korea is actually more dystopian than North Korea. Like none of this that I'm saying is, oh, well, you know, I love Jush. It's, it's such a great society. Everyone should emulate it. I'm just saying that um, <laughs> it, on these sort of indicators of like something dystopian is going on, uh, raw fertility rate is one of the best ones. And if you go by that, something is massively, massively, massively wrong in South Korea. Can you imagine, um, you know, uh, you go back in time, you find Karl Marx, you, you bring a 46-inch uh, uh, um, TV, which are all manufactured in South Korea now. Um, say, Carl, we're going to go in this room and I'm going to show you something. And... Uh, uh, and you show them K-pop. <laughs> oh, yeah. K-pop is kind of the same as everything else in South Korea. It's like this hellish industry where um, people are just feedstock. Yeah, uh, the Chinese said the Chinese basically just interpreted like, well, this is just psychological warfare. So like yeah. when, when we when we have terrorist showdowns, like uh, uh, they might have done this outside Waco or whatever. They will find like the most horrible like uh, pop music and blast it into the into the uh, the compound where the guys are holding out. Yeah, they they play, the blasted Van Halen at uh in in, in the uh, the U.S. Army was sieging someone in the eighties. I can't remember if it was the Nicaragua invasion or. Yeah, but it, it's always like the most trite pop music you possibly can yeah. because it it destroys your your soul to have to have to listen to this. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that that's kind of K-pop. I agree, but and and it it has the same problem as every other sort of Korean industry where it's by, like. By the way, is there like is there? I have never seen that that like okay, so they show the K-pop people and like none of these people are like gender variant or anything, right? These are just fellas. They're just fellas. Well, there's and, there's girl K-pop as well. Right, right, right. But 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 you see the men. There's no one that says, "Yo, is that dude wearing lipstick?" Like it, they're just young, they're just young, kind of. Uh, yeah, but uh, yo, they'll they'll have a guy wearing full makeup. That like, and no, it's not common. No. I like, I remember the Backstreet Boys. They looked kind of like that. But like, if 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 uh, if Justin wait, Timberlake, you're saying, came, you say can't K-pop guys wear like makeup, like 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 they're in drag or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just full okay. lipstick. Whatever. If uh, if Justin Timberlake had came out wearing red lipstick, I think people would have said, "Whoa, that, whoa, what's going on here?" Like, I it, mean, it, like, look. Look, these people, they're just produced in a lab, or, well, they might as well be. Um, and yeah. all the songs are written by committee, and it's all like, well, what can move the maximum amount of copies? So if these people are in, in lipstick, makeup, like, it's not their yeah. own choice. Let me, uh, let, me, let me defeat your argument with logic and reason, uh, bog beef. Think about nail polish, and uh, now is like, super popular in like western pop music uh, like, like that harry styles kid he's always like uh i don't, I don't, I don't mean it's not like, the I mean, same like, as the face man but humans are tuned into a face it was something yeah, is slightly doesn't, doesn't weird that guy wear makeup and stuff too doesn't he wear dresses and shit like that 
He's like the, he's like the one of the most he's like the most popular British uh, pop band guy. He's in I, a, a One Direction or something. Yeah, maybe I guess. Yeah, have you ever known someone who got into K-pop? Like I, I, I've never, I don't know anything about K-pop other than like stuff that he posts online about it. But like I knew, I knew this lady, and we don't talk anymore or anything. But like she's she's on social media, and like she's really fucking obsessed with K-pop, and it's just the weirdest like a. You're like a 30 year old woman who's uh, who's obsessed with like these like little Korean boys playing pop music. It's 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 very it's very off putting. They're yeah. savages online. They're 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 like they're the uh, they like like they're literally woke Hitler. Yeah, you uh, ever you ever click like like you'll see some weird trending topic on Twitter and you click on it and it's like it's some kind of dispute about K-pop and it's just. You know, a billion women going buck wild about what uh, Lee Hugh, whatever. Yeah, whatever. These people are depressed and fucked up. Let's keep going. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I mean, the Fair thing enough. is, um, all from all from everything I've I've heard, like the, the the world of sort of production of that that crap, it's it's just nightmarish, hellish. It's just kind of like these. Starcraft pros, where you have to, um, you have to pl- sit in a factory or barrack or whatever and play like eighteen hours a day, so so you don't get thrown out on the street. I mean, it, South Korea is just this this society that has dealt with the pressures of capitalism. Let's just say by just not really sort of trying to even come up with a new ideological story for why uh, the the exploitation needs to get so much harder. It's just, oh, well, you know, we don't have enough jobs. So either you uh, study 16 hours a day instead of 12 hours a day, or you go and jump in a lake. Those are your two options. Well, in the U.S., it's much more... Um, that pisses me off. I mean, have you ever been sleep deprived for a long time? Yeah, it fucking sucks. Yeah. I mean, that is the worst fucking torture. That I mean, this is kind. Of, this story is kind of um, it's kind of getting getting to me. I, that I really don't like that. Uh, let me be the devil's advocate, not to not to say that stuff's good, but like, are are we sure that's actually true? Because I know chi- in China they make a lot of these kind of bold claims about tests and stuff. That and uh, it turns out that they just cheat and lie a lot. Yeah, yeah, that's that's kind of the problem with this other, um, the whole idea that the Koreans are breeding these sort of super soldiers, yeah. uh, IQ through the roof. No, like, the only point of all of this crap is just so you can say that you won. Like, if you cheat, um, that's, like, nobody really cares. It's not about academic achievement. It's about taking a fucking ca- test, because that test will determine your future. What will not determine your future is whether you're like smart in some sort of free-floating, non-conventional sense or not. We have a, we have a issue in the United States where we have people who have, a lot of people who have gotten university educations who can't get the kind of job that a university educated person expects. Like you know, they're the the the, the common meme is like they're baristas or what whatnot. Is that happening in South Korea since it's such a cutthroat competition? Yeah, I mean Korea and, and Japan and all of these Asian societies in general have had this sort of discussion about, you know, 
uh, grass-eating men, freezers, yes. hikikomori, essentially people who... Gave up. Uh, yeah, they gave up. Um, and, and, you know, a lot of people, they commit suicide after failing tests. And some others, they just say, fuck it, like, fuck the man, I'm going to sit, sit at home and play video games. I'm curious, This er, they call them herbivores, right? I've yeah. seen this tossed around. What, what does that mean exactly? I mean, it means that they're not sort of sexually assertive. Um, uh, well, yeah, like they're not sexually assertive. They're not like traditional samurai men. And, you know, that's that's they're not just... getting laid. Is that what it comes down to? Well, yeah, but but the rationalization for why they don't get laid is because, it's well... Yeah, they're pussies. Like, if they only were, like, more traditionally masculine. But the thing about traditional masculinity, and, and to me, one of the best novels about this, like, real patriarchy, in a way, in, in, in the Western societies, is Grapes of Wrath. Because, you yeah. know, it, it's basically uh, capitalism comes and destroys, like, the last sort of vestiges of the pa- patriarchal family in Oklahoma. And... Um, it's sort of an intergenerational shift from Tom Joad and his dad, who's much more traditional. Like Tom Joad's dra- dad is a, he's not a grass eating male in the Japanese sort of understanding, but that's because he has a fucking, you know, family farm. He has a family to be the head of the family of. And once the dust bowl rolls along, and once his sort of material base for being a meat-eating man is destroyed, Tom Joad's father is like a, a boat adrift on a stormy sea. Like, he can't do fucking anything. He has no idea how to navigate this new world. Because, again, um, patriarchal authority is not vested in like your testosterone level or something like that. It's, it's, you can't really solve it by buying some supplements from Alex Jones or whatever the fuck. Like you, you really, and don't hate against brother Alex here. No. Yeah. Like the Jordan Peterson, you you need, you need like uh, a status hierarchies where you can, you can play and exert, exert your excellence and things like this, you know? Yeah. And you, and those need to be actually sort of, well, they need to be designed for people to be able to fit inside of them. So what happened in in Japan uh, at the same time that these grass-eating men sort of proliferated is that Japan sort of smashed, had its own sort of economic dust bowl, smashing up all of the old relations of patronage and sort of workplace security. So America forced feminism on them and uh, women making women vote and uh we yeah i mean that's where where everything starts dude yeah so we're we uh, uh what do you call the the thing that the the school does the jordan peterson's mad about that that school of academics that fucked up america the frankfurt school yeah that what, what did they do uh they did uh cultural Mar- yeah we did fuck if there has ever ever been a case of like cultural marxism where you talk about like oh you, you know this outside force moves in and you and, and basically the, the changes Japan the culture the fuck up a country well, that's exactly what we did in japan exactly what we did and germany too really yeah i mean but this this stuff really really started in in the sort of 80s um Basically, the uh, 
the sort of malaise for um, a lot of sort of Japanese males and females, like nobody in that country has sex anymore. Uh, that has to do with the fact that, you know, the Japanese, they solve this crisis by just saying, well, it's every man for himself and let the devil take the hindmost and we're not going to make any sort of dress this up in any sort of fancy ideology. It's just that times are hard and if you don't work hard, well, fuck you. Like, we can't carry you. While in the US, uh, you sort of have to mystify the stakes by saying, oh, well, this is a fight against white supremacy. This is a fight against sexism. Well, no, it's really not. But the thing well, here when, is... Uh, yeah, once you, started, once you started to have a gender war, when you, uh, when you start to organize things along those lines, like, you know, men are competing with women... Uh, in the universities or the offices or whatever, like uh, once you do that, you're you're gonna you're gonna fuck up everything because we we're not really built that way. Yeah, but the thing what happens that happens when you have like huge elite competition is that the sort of investment you have to do in each offspring to make sure they don't um, they are able to maintain your class position sort of grows and grows and grows and grows. Yep. This is why nobody has kids in South Korea. Like, it's not because uh, people in North Korea are so much more horny. It's that, well, if you have a kid, like, think about what that will mean in terms of work and financial outlays for you as a parent. Like, you are going to have to go to your fucking miserable piece of shit uh nine to uh, nine job or something and then come home and act as a sort of unpaid uh, security guard for your kids to make sure that they never have a fucking moment of play that they could be studying on. So uh, how much time do you want to spend being an unpaid sort of uh, uh, guy holding a submachine gun at a gulag? Like that, that shit, that shit comes out of your schedule. And also those schools, those cram schools that everyone has to go to. I think in Singapore, like 98, 97% of all students go to cram school. What? Yeah. What? Singapore has a, a total fertility rate of around one kid per woman also. Um, but... Ugh. Yeah, Singapore's like Blade Runner. Well, level. Look, by the way, look, if you're this guy in North Korea, uh, you know maybe you got two or three years of, of diapers and uh, and baby food, and then you can put this kid to work and shit. They're not <laughs> yeah, exactly. Look, get out of here, mom and daddy need some private time. Like, go to the fucking quarry yes. and, and work your work your shift. We need well, you to make artillery shells in the factory. Yeah. Yeah, uh, but, you're forced to mow the fucking lawn at 7 a.m. Motherfucker. Like, but even, like, even if, even if we found out tomorrow that actually eight-year-olds have to be like conscripted to manufacture artillery shells, chances are they would get more breaks than the fucking South Koreans <laughs> uh, kids living in freedom. And uh, that's, that's the really sad thing. You know how many fucking post holes I dug for free? We need child labor yeah. back. You know, that's that's also not another sort of area where people are not woke enough to uh, to to uh, really understand all the 
excellent implications of child slavery. Well, child people labor. act like, oh, you'll fuck up this kid if they can't play Nintendo Switch all day. Fuck you. <laughs> Get your ass to work. Hey, wait, wait, wait a second. Post holes? Yes. On the Gulf Coast? What the hell were you doing? Putting up fences. That shit, wait. like, you can, like, we, I don't know if anyone's ever here has dug a post hole. Yeah, you, it, 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 you, you get, like, a, a fucking a steel rod, and that's it. Pretty much. Well, there's 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 two different. There's like a big screw thing, and then we also have, and then there's the two sticks, and you just kind of scoop yes. it up, right? You like I like I like um, you know you know like a, a, if someone's like a virtuoso musician, they can like they they like they could move like any muscle in their hand, like they just have incredible control. I know every every vertebrae in my back from doing that fucking postal thing. Motherfucker, <laughs> that's some hard ass work. That's what we need to bring back. Sorry. The, here's the thing, though. Um, the, the the problem here is just that I guess that we're already sort of heading toward like woke child labor in 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 the way that like elite selection is happening. Because again, uh, now Karens in the Bay Area are going to go. Well, don't fucking play. Like, get your ass to work. Uh, like. Uh, making coffee for uh, Chelsea Clinton or whatever um, and well, running your it, fucking NGO. I mean, is it so like the biggest problem? Like, well, okay, this isn't the biggest problem. So, what, like, or maybe this, I'll just say, um, I don't know if you've heard. So, like, you know, in like elite military forces and things like this, they'll be like, you know, a hundred people apply and like really like, you know, with the amount of money and training to, you put into an elite soldier, like, only eight guys are going to make it, right? So like what like what if like that it, but so what you know they do this real extreme stuff and they sort it out down to eight guys really quick like within six weeks or something like w- w- this is sort of like that like there's really only six spots to go for not everybody can be uh you know the minister of interior or whatever so what happens but like what what if the what if the navy seals when they had a new class come up it took like eighteen years of of like just sort of like wasted stuff to to like run a metric to find out who's going to be the guy it, you know what i mean like you're just there's like all this like this is like all this is being pissed away in this competition and it's, it's, got well, this- it's not a problem because the the building the metric is its own business and it's a really lucrative one so and the other thing that makes me think of that is that this also comes up like um uh so the, one of those things those guys do is so like um, you you increase the mutual suffering if because you think you can take it more than the other guy. There's there's this even works on a country scale. From what I understand, there was basically some kind of debate in Switzerland when when the, the migrant crisis that was happening, and the Swiss and Switzerland was like, well, what we could do is like just cut all the government programs and just make this country like where no one wants to live here, and be, and they'll just leave. And people are like, well, that's going to suck for us. We're already here. They're like, yeah, but we could probably take it more. You know, we we're like we don't want to move anywhere else. They'll probably just go on next to Germany or something. You know? Yeah, I mean, the 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 problem though is just that, like, if we're still talking about sort of the effects of elite competition, um, this is like, I mean, the prize goes to who can suffer the most, right? Yeah, sure, sure. That's that's kind of that's kind of how how things are. But as long as that's in effect, uh, what's going to suffer is actual like fertility rates because they don't care. They don't care. They, yeah, that, if you if you're, if you're, if you're let's take America as an example. If you're if you're in charge, if you're like 
Yeah, in charge of the United States, you're you're uh, you know the president of Harvard University or or whatever. This is not a problem because you can outsource the baby having to like Central America. Well, I mean, you can re- recruit a new pool of of, of people from there. Uh, you can sort of, but there's there's obviously a billion problems with that. First of all, is the question: but does it really work? And and I think the honest answer to that is that. Well, nobody really knows, but probably not. Because again, like societies with these sort of birth rates that are way in the red, that then try to um, replace their own like crashing birth birth rates by um, importing people from the outside. That's not really that common in history. I mean, you could maybe make the case (laughs) that Sparta was kind of like that during its sort of uh, twilight years but that didn't go very well so i mean that's not really a there, there's no fucking sparta left today let's just say uh and the problem is just that okay so what are you even doing by importing people to have children for you obviously like those people can't join the elite because the moment that they get those ideas they they contribute to uh, crashing fertility among other elite aspirants, and they make life harder for everyone. So what you want to do is to have a sort of separate, like, slave or servant cost. Yes. But what's in it for the servants? Um, that well, This is kind of the problem with all of these models. I can give you a model where that where this is working, where this is what they're doing. Well, I mean, so it's it's kind of it's not the same, right? So uh, there's everyone. Knows, I, don't, I don't know if everyone knows. So there's one Western country that has replacement birth rates. I'm sorry, one uh, uh, first world country has replacement birth rates. Do you both of you guys know what it is? It's Israel. It's Israel. How does Israel do it? Okay, so what Israel does is so they have. If you live in Tel Aviv, then uh, I doubt that the replacement rates are any different than anywhere else. It's probably the same as in Paris or or, or, or New York or, or San Francisco. Uh, everything is the same. But then they have this other population of the uh, Hasidic guys or whatever. I don't know what you call them. But, uh, and like yeah. over there, they do, they do the, the, the Burundi. They do things the way they do the Burundi. They max out the birth rate. And, um, well, but that's not entirely true because even the quote unquote secular Israelis have uh, a pretty, pretty high birth rate compared to like, like they have over, they have over replacement rate. Like even if you're not even really? counting the, or, yeah, yeah, uh, it's not, it, I, or, it, yeah. Okay. Well, well, that must be from the military service. However. Well, but, but I mean, we, we compared to like the, the Orthodox community, which is like, they're at like five or something crazy. Like they're, they're, they're having, kicking yeah. ass. Yeah, a lot of yeah. love going on over there. Uh, cheeks, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But okay, but uh, okay. Imagine America. Okay, America could do this by. Um, we already see the uh, the uh, uh, give us 30, 30 more years of Amish people. Uh, someone sent in a thing. We had that little talk about big stickism last time. People are like, yeah, big stickism is on the rise. In the United States Amish are kicking ass. We could we could just use the Amish like the Israelis use the the Hasidic people. Apparently, this doesn't work. Sorry, if, if the normal <laughs> if the normal Israeli people are fucking, then that, this, this 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 is irrelevant. Yeah, I mean, you you can sort of try something like that, but we kind of have to tie this back to a a historian named Arnold Toynbee, who he coined his sort of big thing was that he wanted to 
try to understand the rise and fall of civilizations mm-hmm. and kind of like Spengler, but Spengler was more of a like weird German guy smoking pot and just like thinking big f- thoughts. While yeah, Spengler was just doing hot takes. He wasn't yeah. like, an, like an academic or anything like that. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I, Spengler I, I, was just doing hot takes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I, it's I, true. Dude, dude, like Spengler, he, he actually <laughs> got a job once like teaching at a school and he he didn't even manage one day at a job like on the train to the school he got such a nervous breakdown that he sort of took in at a hotel and just laid in bed staring at the roof and then he went home again and said yeah you know Real work, it's not really for me. Really? So, um, yes, yeah. he's just sitting around just peeling off the hot dates. Okay. For the last forever. I, I can't, but like, you've seen, you've seen like the, the, like those really intense pictures where he's staring dead ass eye into the camera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you think I, I can't. Oh, he, he looks too intense, too, too, like, supremely, like, a, a, a Deutsch. And those for me to, like, reconcile. No, he has to remain, like, a. a, a... <laughs> yeah, like. The... Dude, there there was this sort of um, alt history mod for um, for Hearts of Iron Four, where like the French Revolution never happened, and then you have like the Prussian Republic, and Oswald Spengler is the fucking president of the Prussian Republic. That's like putting the fucking Chapos <laughs> as like leaders of the new Mongol horde or whatever. <laughs> like, yeah, here we have like Mongolians burning and killing everything, and it's like Will Menneker. He, he's the great con. <laughs> like, no, no, th- that will not happen. Like, come on, dude. No. Continue about Toynbee. We we uh, had yeah. this bit about Hegel because uh, there was this annoying thing where, like, everyone was trying to, like, act like they understood uh, Hegel and shit. And um, what we were going to do is, is say we're all in on Hegel. This is, this is like, we're, we're very big Hegel scholars, right? And we love Hegel. And so if anyone wants to chat Hegel, we're going to talk about Hegel. However... Um, so anything, anything that's like sort of ambiguous, like it's not really super clear what he's saying, uh, we're just going to throw all that out and he, so anything he's very clear on, which is basically <laughs> like the supreme superiority of the, of the Prussian, of the Prussian empire, <laughs> we're all in there. Right. Uh, which is like the, which is the part that everyone fucking ignores. Like, yeah, we're going to do this culture conf, like, uh, any Catholics in the audience would, uh, uh, can you guys raise your hand? Have a hard time. Yeah. Uh, you're not going to vote again. Um, uh, we're going. This is the Hegel shit. We're this is the Hegelian moments going down right now, son. Uh, uh, yeah. Sorry, continue. Yeah. Uh, regarding Toynbee, like the thing, the thing that he sort of to, to sort of summarize his theory, he he meant he said that um, empires basically fall apart through pressures that come both from uh, within and without. So. Without, you have the sort of external proletariat, as he called them. People who generally do not uh, like find anything sort of useful in, the, um, in your imperial order, but who live outside the frontiers. So the external proletariat, in, in the case of the Romans... Uh, and even sort of the the Byzantine Empire, it would be people like the Bulgarians and you know the different Germanic tribes and so on. Um, and they tend to sort of live; uh, they tend to coexist with empires for for a long time. So Germans they sort of trade with 
uh, the Romans. They act as mercenaries for the Romans. But in times of like civil strife between the different tribes or like Roman weakness, they sort of show up as predators and just try to gorge themselves on 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 the di- sort of rotting corpse of the Roman Empire. But you also have another force, which is the internal proletariat. And the internal proletariat, it's not the proletariat in the Marxist sense that these people, they don't own the means of production. No, um, internal proletariats, proletarians in Toynbee's conception uh, can be farmers, for example, like owning their own land. What the proletarian thing means here is that they really have nothing to gain from the current system. Like they're basically subjects. They're not citizens, even if they have some sort of citizenship in theory. Like the system is not run for their benefit and it just exploits them. And so any sort of foreign warlord coming in and saying, well, you know, I killed like all the senators and you're going to have to pay taxes to me. Um, And and, you know, the farmer asks, well, taxes, how much? And he says, well, maybe 60%. And the farmer goes, holy shit, 60%. That's like 20% less than I had to pay last year. Yeah, I'll Go help on, you. Mr. Fucking, like, uh, 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 Mr. Alaric, bro. Like, please, like, <laughs> come on, kill. Like, if there's any more senators that you forgot to kill, like, uh, I can help you rat them out. Uh, because again, like for that guy, the senators, they aren't doing anything for him. They're just giving like a bunch of conflicting commands like, uh, well, you know, we can't have bakers have other jobs than bakers because like we need to keep everyone in bondage and, and make sure that we have like a sort of stable labor pool. So it's illegal to not do the same job as your dad did. <laughs> and, you know, crushing taxes, stuff like that. And um, That's bad times for a Herschel Walker. Sorry, I can do yeah. that. <sighs> and, and, uh, so, so what happens with, like, all of this immigration to the West is that uh, nobody really seems to have figured out how to make sure that these people don't turn into internal proletarians. Because if you sort of invite a huge internal proletariat, and, and again... The, the way that the sort of intra-elite competition in, in this Malthusian sense um, means that you can't really tolerate having like white males that are citizens because they'll demand things. Um, it means that like everyone that isn't part of the elite in, in a country like the US is sort of pushed to one side and neglected. And everyone who comes in to be gardeners or whatever has no basis for loyalty at all to this new system because it's so sclerotic and these elites are so expensive. Like the the chiefs, um, they cost too much for the Indians to support. That any sort of uh, challenger that says, well, let me burn this system down and cut your taxes by half by killing all the parasites, that guy is going to win. Yeah. Uh, well, oh, oh, this is this is an, like here's the explanation that they give, and I don't know if, if they believe it or not. But the explanation is like you know, every, the human beings basically their brain is a computer. 
you can take a person you can you know you can take a person from like a, a Tasmania or whatever who's lived his entire life in the in the jungle or whatever like and you give him a university education and then he'll like he'll become he'll become a person who loves to uh loves watching Marvel movies and wears a pussy hat and can become you become an elite like that and you can just reprogram all you bring all these people in uh who are still having kids and you reprogram their kids to become like uh libs to 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 use a crude terminology for it and like that's that's the way they say it's going to work i don't know if they actually believe that or not like because because sometimes you'll catch them slipping like when they that famous little stupid ass cartoon book that the uh the web comic guy did with the libertarian guy like and they, they straight up lay it out where it's like hey this would be great for you for you you chuds because we'll be importing a a new slave cast of people that we can that, that won't vote or or want anything they'll just they'll just be doing menial labor and you can be you know, living the life of riley yeah so i'm not sure if they, if they if they actually believe that but the, you know, to some extent they do act like they they really believe that you can just you can just take someone and like uh and, and put their brain through like a ringer and just just squeeze out all the like the the stuff that they that they care about like their values and turn them into a like a NPC bug man whatever you want to call it. You know these people that have this plan. We need to get them some big porches and some mint juleps. You know what I'm saying. The people that Bob Beef alluded to earlier sometimes will start like talk about this in a, a bad way. It's like, oh, you're bringing in all these people who won't assimilate, which, you know, you, you don't, you don't want ha- to have people in your country who don't assimilate. But like, uh, when it, when it comes to this argument, it, it would probably be better if they didn't. If like, if you, yeah. if you, if you stayed Guatemalan rather than becoming uh, like a, a, a person who lives yeah. uh, that kind of existence, because uh, it's, 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 it's horrible. Uh, if anything, the bat flu has showed us, that they're all on the ragged edge of insanity at, at every moment of the day. You might want to you might want to like preserve some of that stuff in in the brain that it's not uh, compl- like all movie Bob Marvel movie shit. Quick, yeah, quick but, Roman but, thing, real quick. Uh, sorry, there, so um, uh, I think this 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 also went out went down in in in, uh, in Rome. So uh, one thing you'll see is so th- this this thing where it's like, hey, uh, you know, I'm I'm from somewhere else. I'm Caesar, but I might give you guys a better deal than you're getting from uh, you know uh, a chief big stick over here, right? Um, and people went for it uh, a lot. Now, what? Okay, so there's that dynamic. Now, what? If you go read Tacitus and guys like that, and they're writing about like these these those tribes that Caesar's conquering and shit, they they just lavish praise on the way that they're high, on the way that their elite do things. Yeah. They're like they don't have to listen to any of these fucking plebs over there. Um, they're like they are much more macho, much more great. Like uh, uh, you, you can see like there's a deal being made between uh, uh, Caesar guys and between plebs of their society. And then you know what I'm saying? Sorry. Yeah, Caesar's like Caesar's opponents uh, would he praise on Gallic and Germanic leaders? And, they're like, oh, their society's much better than ours. Yeah, and they were extremely angry when Caesar brought them into the Senate after his conquest. Which, I mean, from from a, like a purely Machiavellian standpoint, yeah, of course they should have been angry about that. But it's really the the contrast is really funny because like here you have someone who's making a direct appeal to not necessarily not the people because the people. And then that context didn't really exist in those places. But like he, he's he's moving down a level. He's not dealing with uh, 
you know, Virtue Gatorix or whatever. He's dealing with the the the, 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 the maybe the tribes that didn't quite make it, the people who didn't con- uh, coalesce into one giant uh, proto state. Yeah, there's no real way for the the libs in the U.S. to really sort of square the circle. Like even if they sort of import all of these Guatemalans to be like a permanent sort of servant cost. Um, the moment that you have Guatemalans doing sort of all of the productive work in the U.S. and and uh, the the sons of the uh, like woke like native BIPOC blah 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 queer two spirit furries just writing powerpoints and getting like two hundred k a year sooner or later the guatemalans are going to say well what if we just yep. kill those powerpoint makers and just split the booty like what are they going to do all the cops are guatemalans all the security guards are guatemalans all the janitors are guatemalans yeah the miss- the missing piece here is that the the the, P- the the pmc people in this story in every other case also made themselves the military elite yeah, exactly. And Nancy, Nancy Pelosi's not going to be leading, leading an army in battle tomorrow. Yeah, and, and that's kind of the thing. Like, what the PMCs are trying to do um, is essentially because the intra-elite competition is so bad. And the the way to... Uh, and this is kind of why the Shapos were like the voice of a generation. A generation of fail sons. Like, they coined that term. <laughs> because a fail son is just someone whose parents belong to a certain class and the son has not done enough to stay inside of that class. And um, the, the, the fail son term carries, or at least a lot of people that use it, have a lot of resentment towards their own parents because they didn't have to, they could fucking smoke weed and just like listen to, I don't know. Jefferson Airplane. Yeah, in college. And they would still get like good jobs. While the, the generation of fail sons, they work even harder than their parents and they get much more shit, which is true. But this is what like elite competition is. But, but the thing is, um, even though everyone agrees that elites just like dads are very, very bad, the thing that keeps them from disappearing is because they are still useful. They still do like some, they still have some sort of useful functions to a society that they like nobody um nobody pays a lot of attention to but it's there and and it's fairly critical to keep that society together once elites say well no fuck you i'm not gonna do like my job i'm just gonna sort of uh, be 100 percent parasitical and zero percent noblesse oblige like they disappear they get killed and they get replaced. Yeah, they're they're not paying. They don't. They're not paying the upkeep. They, people, these people yeah. don't like. Okay, uh, these guys that own these big slave farms and shit in in, in the south and stuff. Uh, number one, um, they had to chain these people up at night. Yeah. Uh, you know why, why they have to do that? Uh, what what happened if they didn't put the chains on that? Second off, uh, all these guys like uh, their main job became like uh, military training and shit. Uh, it, yeah. It seems like after the Vietnam War, this is one of the things about like like if you if feminists could make like real arguments and shit about how they got dicked wrong because if you if you look at who who sort of got like 
who drop the most in in lifestyle? It's upper class women, and it's because because if if you look at so if if you go back a little while, but uh, before like, Vietnam War and shit, it's like okay, so all these guys, these sons of, of the rich guys and stuff. So first off, they're going to go off. They're going to do a little military service. Um, they're gonna uh, they're gonna try to succeed business stuff, and then they're gonna go marry one of these women, and um, she'll be his caretaker. And, and and do this philanthropic stuff. Uh, these guys stopped doing that. Started smoking weed, playing uh, Smash Brothers and shit, and, uh, and or just you know marrying lower class women and things like this. And now these women are, are hung out to dry because there's no like like they can't uh, you know. Uh, 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 Kevin Costner married a waitress. Uh, yeah. Uh, 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 okay, Shakira can't marry a waiter. Okay, it doesn't work like that. Mm. Uh, and, well, I mean, a prince can marry an actress. <laughs> these they got sort of hung out to dry like crazy, so they become like just super not. I mean, so like if you like men are pretty competitive, but guess what? Women kick our ass at these like going to high college shit, and uh, because they're, I mean, they're like uh, in just utter survival mode. Uh, they got fucked by all this, anyways. If you look at societies where you have sort of women in in real positions of authority, like this is basically a um, a variant of almost like a patriarch except a woman. Um, and again, like you can you can read sort of Grapes of Wrath and see the dynamic between Tom Jode's mom and like all these sort of you know, his brother's wife and so on. Like, if you have this society run by sort of college-aged women, nobody is going to care about, like, having sort of patriarchal or matriarchal authority around. Yeah, I I would emphasize it's not their fault. I don't think they chose... I don't think they would choose this. And also, it's not a, like, direct... Uh, uh, direct ratio of power to power. If you go to a super patriarchal society, the one we always use is Rome. Uh, so women ran Rome uh, like three three seasons out of four because uh, yeah. men were off conquering fucking Europe. Uh, so your wife, uh, you had to trust her, and her and and you know her your uh, your mom would keep try to keep her straight. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah, your mom would try to keep an eye on your wife, but her, your mom and your wife tried to run, had to run things for you three seasons out of, out of the year. This was, I think, this is a we lost our they they lost the pimp hand, man. So if if you if Bogby, if you're the patrician of you know you're a patrician, you're like you're the paterfamilias of family, and there's political intrigues happening, and you pick the wrong team, uh, and my team wins, I'm gonna come to you and tell them. Hey, hey! Uh, if you want, if you want your family to keep your land and all your stuff, and you don't want your children to be sold into slavery, you have to go fucking kill yourself right now. You pull out your sword and you stab yourself in the gut. You're done. It, it, that's it. That you're, 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 it's over for you. Now, it, it, this did happen to to the like women sometimes, but this was not like a. It wasn't a common thing. Like you, they were not expected to to be like prescribed or mistreated or mistreated in that way, right? Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. But however, like, okay, if you take like a, like a girl boss uh, modern society, like uh, uh, you know Sweden or New Zealand or something, and you compare it, the upper class, the upper class. We're only talking about upper class people, right? Because most people just go to work and shit, right? So, and you go to upper class of Rome. 
Um, I don't like, I don't think that like this Roman woman would feel like she is, because if you talk, if you talk to these people, these, these girls, people, they're, they're like, I don't have any power. I'm just sort of reacting to this monstrous patriarchy. Like, even if I'm like literally in charge of, you know what I'm saying? Uh, there, it's like this, it, it, it's not like a one-to-one thing of like, oh, the, now you have some more power. I think that there was a, uh, a ball was dropped. This, this, uh, this thing that he's talking about, this upkeep that's, that's not being paid. Uh, and this is just one of the things yes. that happens. This from is it. what happens when you treat when you treat women like men. Right. This is what happens. Because this is what you get one of the things. Okay, so this upkeep isn't being paid. One of the things men don't really have this really strong survival instinct. Um, I, if you ever seen there's a there's a, a Twitter account that's like why why women live longer, and it's like it just shows what things men do. Men just sort of jump off buildings for no reason. Uh, they like light things on fire. They light themselves on fire. Um, we're just kind of, um, we, there's part of us that just has kind of self-destructive instinct. Women don't have this shit at all. They, yeah, if you're walking through, if you're walking through, if you're in, walking through the woods with your wife and your kid and like a, a, a puma jumps out of the trees, like, guess what? You're going to have, you're going to have to die. Like that you're, you're going to have to take one for the team. Right. Yeah, And and, and, and a woman will, t- will do the same for her child, but she's not meant to take one for the husband. That's not how it works. And that's not how it should work. But, but the thing here is that. Like, maybe you can call me sort of hopelessly naive here for, for you know, being horribly un-misogynistic. But um, in my mind, it's it's probably less of a question of, like, could women, at least in theory, sort of actually care about the upkeep that elites have to pay and pay that? Like, I'm sure some science fiction writer out there could could come up with a fairly plausible model of a matriarchal society that more or less does its job in terms of not creating a internal proletariat. So, you know, solving like elite competition issues by like having women die in war. So there's not too many excess women and, you know, sort of barring men from a lot of different types of work but letting them be soldiers but not too many and and so on like, I, I agree maybe, I, I agree. maybe that could be possible no, but no it's that's, obviously not happening right now right right that's totally possible. possible i don't believe this right and i don't believe that what i was saying is that i don't believe this is sort of a product of gender stuff i think this is just sort of how that rolls out now they could they do that if all their dads and brothers were pieces of shit i don't think so that's sort of uh, uh, this is sort of like Wait, what? Uh, explain what you're saying. I didn't understand that. Uh, I'm oh, okay. So let's say uh, you know this upkeep isn't being paid. Things have gone wrong. Uh, what well, the end result? What you see at the end of that that road is you see a bunch of guys hanging out smoking weed or beating off all day, and then all these women, these girl boss women, like like frantically taking over, but sort of having these weird weird feelings about it and and, and being in weird. But but that's not how they got there. That's what I'm saying. Well, but, uh, well, just what Tinksor said. Like, if 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 you can if you can imagine uh, a genuine gender, uh, sorry, genuine sex equality in like you know active duty military and combat and like in in, in prison and yeah. in, in prison ratios, like uh, half the prisoners in the country are women and half. Yeah, men. It, that's a hor- it, It's it's horrifying. You would have to have created something profoundly evil right, right, for right. that to happen. It, it, it wouldn't. It would not look like 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 a like a woke person's imagination of how it looks no. right now. It would be some of this this thing we we're talking about, like 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 Rome or whatever, where it's like all these women are running things. 
but the men are gone. But on paper, the men are in charge. It, it would be. It, it wouldn't be imaginable like this. What I'm saying is, yeah, I'm just saying that like you could imagine some sort of weird like starship trooper society where you had some sort of probably fairly strict gender segregation, but um, like for whatever reason, sort of men were controlled or like, you know, here we have this fucking mobile infantry, like the engineering corps building starships or whatever. And and like you guys, you boys run off, play, build your starships. And like all of these other areas that you don't really care about, like we women, we're going to run them. Like in, in a way, this is kind of how like ancient societies ran. Like yeah. the women were fairly tyrannical and they still are today in, in, in lots of areas of life. The, the, the use for them in these things is that they're not disposable people like the men are. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're disposable people. So they're, they're kind of good at a lot of these home base things where, um, uh, that no, works. come on, you guys, I don't see what's your, I don't, I don't get it. What, what's your, what's your hesitation here? I'm, I am the most misogynist man on the internet. So come at me with your hardest. Well, if we're talking about like, uh, you're looking at ancient societies or whatever. So if you were like, a uh, we don't know a ton about like peasants because they're just they didn't they didn't we're only talking upper class people right now. right with some notable exceptions like the universally people at the time and later on thought were were bad people like women realized their political and power ambitions through their sons yeah 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 and that's what he's saying so so can you can you imagine like uh having um let's see who's a good example what was alexander's mother's name olympia right uh, could you could you imagine a, a, like she she's she's one of the legendary ones right that she she was just a total fucking tiger mom for her son right like probably killed her probably killed her husband who was one of the most powerful men in the world to get her son on the throne and she just she, you know she was she was the ultimate tiger mom can you imagine her saying like I'm going to do this thing and sacrifice for, for no. the Greek people. No. no, of course not. It's like no, it's, it's about, Ale- it, okay. it's about so, Alexander. What the way it would work? It's so that's how it's, that's exactly how it's supposed to be, too. Right, right. But what we saying, so like, okay, so they could, um, you know, you have uh, imagine like there's there's probably been sort of Victorian things where women are kind of you know they're, they're going to spend their their. Uh, look at a Victorian society or something. So women like like you know sixteen to twenty four, they're like all they're doing is like uh, uh, you know these these debutante balls or whatever. Just right. uh, they're 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 doing you know they're doing fertility, having the most kids. Uh, uh, they're not staying up all night studying Gotha or whatever. But uh, you know once they once they get in, once they get in their mid thirties or forties or whatever, like they they're almost in a civilizational caretaker role. They're doing these. They're doing these philanthropic things. They're writing. They're writing letters. They're participating in all society. They're doing all stuff, and, and there's no real problem with that because, um, you know, they serve their time during these periods. It, it won't be like it won't be like both you guys are going to jet fighter school at the same time, and maybe you might not fly the jet fighter, but you might do something different. You know? Yeah, I mean, look, but the. We're getting sideways. Yeah, we're getting kind of sidetracked. I'm just saying that. Are are we talking about like the women's auxiliary for a a club or something like that kind of thing? Or do do I have to be the like the the uh, Marxoid one here and say like like all bets are off because we're talking about like 
people involved in wage labor now. And that wasn't the thing in the uh, in the Victorian era. There were women involved in wage labor. Uh, in the modern era, my grandmother and mother both worked in factories in their younger in like their younger years too. So I mean, it's not anything new. But but the idea of having the elite women engaged in uh, primarily in wage labor changes everything when you're talking when you're talking about this yeah they're not, they're not they're not doing stuff that's like uh, they're not doing statecraft or involved in like uh, the, the church or, or any traditional power structures or whatever like they're doing fucking wage labor and and they're mm. well what's your objection to that what, what what wage labor are elite women doing these are all I mean, these are all like gimme jobs or 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 you know uh uh Right. Okay. Uh, fine. You're not. I mean, you're not an elite if you're doing wage labor. So, uh, fine. Fair enough. Salary labor. Whatever. Or, or, okay. I, I, don't don't let me nitpick it. So just, just keep going. Just you, you mean like uh, um, uh, they're not they're not doing. No, I get what the, you're saying. The, 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 they're, the Victorian woman wasn't the CEO of a of a textile factory. Right. Right. She was. No, she, I'm with you. Yeah. I'm with. Uh, right. So, I mean. The, so nobody fucking knows. The answer is that we don't have any idea. Can you can you just replace the? Can you? Here's here would be the like uh, the ultimate uh, woke futuristic thing is like that you could have all the clerical and administrative duties of labor performed by women, and then all the like the gritty stuff to be performed by men. That would be like the dream. Could you do that? Uh, I don't think so, but. That seems to kind of be the plan, right? Yeah, I mean, look, if seventy percent of women uh, colleges are seventy percent uh, women and thirty percent men, and that's pretty much what you're going to have to do. Yeah, but but what's going to what's going to destroy this model is not necessarily well. You know, now we have women doing things, and they can't even drive, so everything's heading for disaster. Like, you know, I I happen to believe that to some extent. Like, I. I <laughs> But but that's that's a secondary concern here. The primary concern is just that, like, when we have this new system of, you know, 70% women graduating elite colleges, because that's kind of where we're heading, none of them are going to pay the maintenance on all the old elite structures that sort of formed a compact between the toiling peasantry and the elites, there's a huge difference between a peasant and an internal proletarian. A peasant will, uh, when push comes to shove, grab his musket or his uh, yeah. pitchfork or whatever, and he will actually defend the king and the old order against all of these godless, like, liberal lawyers <laughs> in Paris. I, I'm with you. That's our, our grandparents or whatever who shipped off to the war, and they were happy to do it. They felt like yeah. they were getting a square deal somewhere down the line. An internal proletarian, on the other hand, can work on a fucking farm, but he's not going to defend the king or the order or anything like that because the king and the nobility have not paid their fucking dues. They have not paid their maintenance. And when that happens, any sort of adventurer like Attila or whatever who rolls around is going to find a willing sort of soldier a fifth column if you will mm -hmm. uh, sort of shoot, like shot through the entire sort of society that these elites rule over and that's kind of the problem and the the immigration thing um, again like the basic Malthusian logic is just that 
at some point there's not enough Indians. Like you know, Malthus had this this prediction about um, agriculture prim- primarily, where he said that well, you know, humans can reproduce very quickly comparatively. So we can have like six kids per woman or whatever, and we can like triple the amount of people over a fairly short time. Well, you can't triple the amount of um, um, the amount of, yeah, the agrarian capacity. And this was kind of like all the Marxists sort of jump on him and say, well, Maltus, he was like Darth Vader or something. Because yeah, he I didn't. I scared when this comes up because I know that you're not allowed to, the M word. Uh, yeah, yeah, like everyone just hates Maltus and says, well, well, Maltus is the worst thing ever. And it's like, yeah, sure, he didn't really, um, he didn't really uh, predict the uh, Green Revolution, which was basically the fact that we're using a lot of fossil fuels to um, and other things that are limited in, in availability to boost our agricultural production. But I, I would say with like Malthus's prediction about the, the, the agricultural capacity of Western society, just I would compare that to the French Revolution. It's too early to tell where it's going to head. So, but, <laughs> but, but Malthus he, is saying that, that luxury space communism can't happen, basically. Yeah, well, yeah, kind of. Like, I don't like to hear that. There's a limit to, to, to growth. <laughs> I want to hear uh, the happy things, not, st- not, not unhappy things. <laughs> but the Malthusian logic is a lot more solid when it comes to sort of, if we look at just the uh, human societies rather than human agricultural capacity. Because in human societies, there's also a way for us, obviously, to grow the amount of chiefs, the amount of elites, the amount of college students, the amount of Harvard graduates. But there is a very sort of sticky, hard and fast, uh, very hard to shift limit on how many chiefs can be um, maintained by the system. And because like an elite position is always sort of a relative thing, um, it that problem becomes even more intractable. The only way um, to to really resolve this Malthusian overproduction crisis of, of elites um, tends to be like the only realistic way, because, you know, you can't force the elites to accept their own sort of uh, downscaling. Authoritarianism. So, yeah, but yeah, authoritarianism, but a particular kind. It's one that says um, that we we need to be more hard on our own sort of non-elites. Like the Indians, they're not working hard enough. We have to crack the whip. We have to deprive them of resources and all of that crap. But the way you do this is you, you can't help but create an internal proletariat if you do this. Um if you say to like all the Americans who don't go to college, well, like you're all Marx now. We're we're gonna take what we can from you, and we're gonna disparage you and call you worthless as a way to justify the fact that the economy is gonna be geared towards like looting you, because we can't really loot the Japanese or the Germans or anything like that, and the Chinese are kind of kicking our ass in Africa. But we're gonna loot you. You are the new sort of colonial subjects. 
Yes, absolutely. Yeah, it, that should be super clear that uh, we are getting treated the exact same way. These color revolutions kind of playbook. They're, they're just using the same shit that they've been using uh, everywhere else on us. Uh, one of these things that, that you brought up is something America I saw talked about the last week. So, uh, uh, and I think this might be can 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 cross a bridge because America has been very skeptical of these. Uh, there's a lot of right wing people that are sort of like um, kind of uh, uh, juicing up China. They're saying China is uh, uh, is is a, is a is a cool place at least, or or their leaders are better than us. Uh, you you had this comment this past week where you you said. Um, uh, well, there, this thing comes up where it's like, well, were the Aztecs uh, uh, bad guys? <laughs> America's like, well, one easy way you can figure out that they suck shit is that everyone around them uh, teamed up with Cortez when he showed up. He yeah. said, sure, we'll help you fuck these guys up. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and that's kind of the problem. Like those uh, native Indians, like the fellow sort of BIPOCs, uh, to the Aztecs. No, they fucking hated the Aztecs because they were at the business end of all the goddamn Garland Wars. And the Garland Wars were not nice. Like, this was uh, just like... The Aztecs were like Mongol-level uh, brutal. Uh, probably, I, actually worse. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, which, this is the thing where it's like, you have a, a, a group of people who were... Somewhere between stone and bronze age in tech, like te- technological and moral development, who like encountered people who could like write down stuff to happen. Uh, if you would have, if you would have visited like Celtic people or uh, Italic people or whoever at, at this stage, they would have been like, they would have been doing the same shit. Yeah, it, 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 the the sort of, I don't think they would have built buildings using human skulls instead of bricks as building materials. Mm. Like that's. Well, but I mean, you had all th- cultures like, are cult- beautiful. You had you things like Carthaginians uh, doing cult. child sacrifice, and you, like look at the shit the Assyrians did. I mean, okay, it's, nothing's exactly the same, but I'm saying probably if you went to some uh, different place when they're on that same stage of development, you're going to find some group of people who were that kind of shit bags. But to Bog's point, it's like okay, everybody said, "Hey, let's fuck these guys up," and that's a problem for for this this master plan that Tinkzerk's talking about. And it's a big problem, I think, in America for two reasons. Like one, there's here, here's two. Here are the two easy ways that you can treat uh, your treat people the way that he was uh, describing, where you're going to essentially loot the, uh, the the proles of your country. One is if you're like the United Kingdom, where you're it's just it's one big metropolitan area, and like and almost you know, almost everybody lives in that one place. You can police that. And control that very easily because you can if, – if, if you have 20% of the population who supports you, then that's enough in that one area. Look at, the, look at a map of the United States. It's fucking huge and wide open. So the other way you can do it is that you can enlist another group of people to help you uh, abuse them, which maybe you could argue that's the route that some people would like to go in the United States. But I'm not sure that would work either yeah. because the, – the, Everyone was always talking about, you know, demographics is destiny, like demographic change is going to make Republicans irrelevant in all states because all of these wonderful black and brown people, Latinos, will save us. But then the problem is the black machine. Every time they pick up a a, a proud boy, he's like uh, Raul Gutierrez. (laughs) (laughs) Like the, the, the black machine headed by people like Clyburn et al., 
that's a leg- legacy peace feature. Be upon him. Yeah, peace be upon him. That, We're gonna that, bring that, that shit, back, by the way. Sorry, that's the dream. <laughs> that shit is not being updated. Like they have a machine because they inherited it. They don't know how to build new ones. They don't even know how to really maintain this one. So the black machine is well. It's nice that it's there, but it's not going to be there forever. Like I think that Republicans are going. No one to, in this country, by the way, no one in this country seems to know how to to build or maintain yeah. a machine anymore. We, it's not specific to any group of people. Okay, like, this I a, need to. Sorry, I do believe there's things to generate. We could have return machine politics, but I have no proof, and let's just keep rolling. Sorry, when our next no, episode is about Tammy all motherfuckers, so we have to. Um, yeah. Um, I'm not saying that machine politics can't come back. I think that they will come back, actually. So that's not my position. My position is not the direction we're going. Yeah, uh, it's not the direction the Democrats are going. That's it, Uh, because the Democrats sort of represent the top of the elite, but also all of these sort of strivers, the um, the young, hungry sort of people who don't want to become fail sons and will go to any length to avoid that fate. But like they can't really win over Latinos as a group because they don't have anything to offer. Like someone that's sort of working class or is not about to sort of trade on, you know, calling people Latinx or Latinx or however you fucking pronounce it. And, you know, edit some law journal at Harvard. Like most Latinos will not have access to that world. Maybe their kids will, but not them personally. And um, and so what they care about is, well, someone in my position who has a sort of decent job or would like one, what do I gain from this? And the answer, as far as the Repo- uh, Democrats are concerned, is you, you won't go- get anything. Like you will get looted. We will yeah. tell your kids... Just like the fucking Romans once told um, the the Roman citizens, oh, well, you're a baker. Well, now it's illegal for your sons to stop being bakers because, like, you got to work, son. Going to make sure that the bread keeps rolling in. I get I get fucking mad. Like, so I, I've been on this Tammany Hall shit for a second. This is a slight tangent. It's a preview for the next episode. But, um, uh, I, I mean, I get fucking angry reading this. When you read about this Tammany Hall, and so in your re- first thing you're reading about, and it's shocking because, like, the the politics, like the things that are discussed by pure, by politicians, are coming from like people with needs. Yeah. Like, you, you, it doesn't matter what, like, you, you, they just say corruption, corruption, corruption. Um, it's like, oh, now that, that may, that, I'm not making a weepy ass point here. What I'm saying is, so go, if you go read any, any, any article about this, any article about, they'll, they, they act like this, it's this, it's this, this insane over the top for plebs to sort of discuss their desires rather than sort of like these, um, like politics became sort of like the space race or something. You're just sort of like uh, fulfilling these like, like stories that that have nothing to do with any people that want that, that that are sort of being served by the, by the state. Um, And like in the way that we handle this the way we've been signed up by this, because the one piece of, of politics that you get taught in American schools is about how evil machine politics is. That's the only thing they tell you. Every single person who goes to school in the United States, they tell you about Boss Tweet and how this is the most evil thing in the world for people to come to politicians and say, uh, hey, we we want this or we want that. Everything has to be fulfilling these stories and, and saving the world. Fuck well, I mean, people. no, like, Fuck I think, 
stories that's kind of like the bow you put around your present or whatever but like the machine politics that's the actual present like and and if you give someone an xbox and you don't wrap it in like the kid is still gonna be oh you got me like the newest xbox thanks dad but if you give him like paper wrapping and not an xbox he's not gonna be equally happy and so (laughs) did um, you see did you see uh jim clyburn uh said yesterday uh, day before yesterday he uh, he boasted, and he's the only guy that does. It. Anyways, he boasted. He said, uh, uh, "Mr. Joe Biden accepted my budget proposal uh, uh, yesterday. Thank you. <laughs> this is going to be the national budget proposal, and it came from me. And my people are going to are going to get help from it." Yeah, yeah. Like, see, that's the thing. Um, that's the thing I really dis- despise about leftists. Like. The, they the hate most this. Sort of, the yeah. fucking Chapo guys came after him. They're like, oh, he's a crook. He's a nasty guy. This is the only motherfucker that does anything for anybody out here. Yeah, they hate it because, again, like, to me, I, I used to hate that as well because it's it's kind of annoying to think about. Because, because once you annoy, once you start thinking about it, you can't, to, to use a word that's in vogue among these people, you can't keep mystifying the stakes. Leftists, especially ones who go on about, you know, the mystifications of bourgeois society are the masters of mystification. To me, look at who actually becomes a leftist now and basically (laughs) since the beginning of time. People who, for some reason, have failed to enter the upper middle class, but who by dint of their birth should be or are expected to be sort of um, members of this um, this slice of society. So, mistake. yeah, I mean, look, the, the, uh, the sort of salt-of-the-earth proletarian that becomes a leader of, of the communists or whatever, that's an exception. That proves the rule. And I'm not necessarily saying that this is a bad thing either. Like, again, if you look at who leads peasant rebellions, successful peasant rebellions, these people are generally not peasants. Or if they are, they have people who are not peasants in a very prominent advisory position. Because guess what? Peasants are really good at farming, but they're not really good at running military campaigns because the two are quite dissimilar. Surprise, yes, I, I'm a I'm a redneck, and I mean the only thing you have to say is Trump. We don't want someone like that. We want somebody with nice teeth that doesn't have the the. Yeah. the we want the best. It's it's a lawyer. If you go to lawyer, you don't want a lawyer. It's just like you. You want a slick <laughs> ass. You want someone that 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 that's trained to speak in a certain, uh, trained to speak in. You know, uh, Merrick, can you tell when someone has had a a lot of education the way they speak? Yeah. I can. I am amazed. I'm like, this motherfucker thinks what they're going to say before they start talking. (laughs) I love that. I'm like, holy shit, I want you to be my lawyer. Yeah, that's kind of the thing. In that um, when when you had this sort of civil war in, in revolutionary France with all of these sort of poor peasants who didn't hate their nobles because their nobles were pretty poor too, so they actually lived on the land, and pay their upkeep. Again, elites who pay their upkeep tend to be tolerated at the very least by uh, proletarians, workers, peasants, all that stuff. Um, 
And, uh, and this is another thing that Marxists don't want you to know, actually. Uh, but, but like the, these nobles had paid their upkeep. And so when the peasants say, well, we hate these godless, like I hate the Antichrist in Paris. Um, and they're going to take away our Bibles and uh, our king. Well, they went to the local lords, the uh, like on the manors, and asked, "You've been in the war, right? Right? How about you lead this army of peasants? Because we can't lead ourselves. We need someone with actual military experience." And they shopped around, and pretty soon they found a bunch of noblemen who said, "Yeah, sure. I I I was in the Seven Years' War, and this sounds like a good cause. I'll be your general, sure." Like they didn't say, oh, well, no, we can't have a general who knows what he's doing. Like that's not that. What would Mark say about that? No, yes. fuck you. Like I've if- got I've got a thing I want to go into about this. I, I think you'll like it. I think I think this is uh, OK. So th- check this out. So we, we there's this thing that we all have about that. We that like um, you see this in commentary about like the British royal family where people like, we shouldn't have a, like, uh, uh, Christopher Hitchens was, so we shouldn't have a royal family because like no one should think they're above anyone else and, and this sort of thing. And I'm like, this is no, no, no. So here's an alternative take where the, where the royals, where royalty are, are actually the oppressed class of, of the, of the proletariat. And check this out. So you will see this. Time and time again, and I don't play that game, but there's a game where it's kind of like this. But um, imagine the royalty are Pokemon, right? So uh, if you're if you're uh, you know you need you need to to get you one. If you're in the Pokemon world, you need to get you a Pokemon to go to to fight with, right? Uh, they're they're serving. They serve this. This is why you see this thing where these peasants they go find one and drag one and throw one on a throne. Because they're they're this is a this, this they have a role, yeah. Th- th- they're serving you, and, and, and a lot of these a lot of these times, like it, they would be way better off just being a billionaire in a capital society, uh, blah blah blah. Or you know, like you guys have a you guys have a role that you need to do, and we go, we do better off when when we got you and you're doing what you're supposed to do. Uh, I don't like British royal family. Either. The reason I don't like them is because they suck at what they're supposed to be doing. Yeah, and, and that's that's kind of the problem with like all of these sort of populist leftists and post-populists and post-leftists and all of that crap. Is that if someone said, well, okay, you're now the we, we have really liked your takes. You're now the leader. Like, please draw up a plan of battle uh, to be finalized by tomorrow. They will say, oh, no, 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 no. You don't get it. That's not my role. I'm a leader of the vanguard of the proletariat. That means someone else does all the work. <laughs> I'm just here to critique. And well, if someone doesn't ask, well, what the fuck are you good for then? Because I don't need your critique. What we need now is a plan of battle. Uh, well, the leftists will say, yeah, well, I guess I'm not very useful then. Yeah, yeah. Fuck they, you. They you put you put the crown on motherfucker, yeah. and we're gonna walk behind you. And yeah. If you don't, yeah, yeah. This is this is this is not like a just a pure one way thing. Yeah. You nailed it earlier when you said those the, the 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 would like the royals and would have been better off as a as a billionaire today. Of course, it's great because that he's a billionaire. You don't have jack shit for obligations. You just yeah. get you're just fucking rich guy. You can do whatever the hell you want. If you were 
you know, noble, you you did have obligations. You had you had duties to fulfill. Now, obviously, not everybody did them. There were tyrants and horrible people. Blah blah blah. But you were expected to do certain things. And yeah. it's like when you the example with the oh, you're an activist organizer. Uh, what's their dream? It's permanent political engagement. Aka, we're just going to keep complaining and being on the outside you know, beseeching forever because again that's a position where you don't really have obligations you're just doing something that's that yeah. Yeah. that's fun Here, for you here's here's one okay so if you're you're a royal back then back at like the, the height of this um before you are even born you don't even know this yet uh your first job is going to be survive your brother's trying to kill you <laughs> And that's just the name of the game, bro. I mean, that, that's that's your job. That's that's the things you do. We we plow the fields, but you need to stay alive. That's one of the things you need to be up to. And this this is all. There's nothing that's like. It's not like oh, I have more class than you, so I don't have to be subject to these things. No, no, no. This this is your job, bro. Yeah, exactly. And and elites like kings don't uh, do this because they're good Samaritans. Like they do this because if we don't. Then, like we don't do perform the functions that functioning elites do, and w- we will get replaced by others to do this. And so, how, how, here's another here's another one. Okay, so like the thing that came up all the time: you need to marry this chick in this other yeah. kingdom. And they're like, and this guy's like, this bitch is ugly. And it's like, well, this Too this bad. doesn't this doesn't matter. Like, yeah, nobody like, fucking oh, asked you, son. All right. Yeah, I met a girl at, at the square dance. I, I I'm a peasant, so I, I can marry a, a chick because I think she's hot. I got big titties or something. You when you marry a woman, that's like that's like signing a a a, 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 yeah. a treaty or well, something. This you're does, you're not even like a real person. You are a, you are an instrument for us for your family. And, and this and what, what I'm going to say doesn't necessarily apply to like to royals, but it applies to, uh, applies to like nobility in general, especially lower levels. If you weren't the firstborn son, if you were born later in in, in in the hierarchy, guess what? Uh, here's a here's a sword. Here's a shield. Get on this horse. You're gonna go fucking. You're gonna go uh, engage in horrible, horrifying battles until either you die or you 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 do your own thing because you're not getting shit from yeah. from the family. Like that's all going to to the number one kid. Yeah, yeah. we we there's all this bitching about like uh, you know that they play polo and stuff. Well, they had to fucking play polo, motherfucker, because that's what you need to learn how to ride a fucking horse good. <laughs> Uh, and and you got to ride it uh, towards people that are trying to shoot at you. You could, to me, if, in my opinion, you can tie this all back to. Uh, there's a there's a word that people have have been using in the last few years politically, especially certain ideology about settlers, right? Talking about settlers. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're 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 to take it the idea like that being a settler is a bad thing, right? Kind of almost like a synonym of being a colonizer, right? Yeah. But uh, settlers are fucking dope. Uh, settlers are people who who went out into the into the wilderness and carved out uh, carved out home, a homestead. And because our our country was founded by settlers, and uh, you sometimes you get like a little you get a little landed gentry that develops from that, right? Bog beef. If you had your choice, what would you prefer to live under uh, a, a landed gentry or like uh, capitalist factory owners? Uh, landed gentry. Yeah, the the big divide, and it goes back to what that's we're talking why we need to be communists. Because what what is a what is a commissar overseeing a collective farm? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, we can give we can return the tradition. I, just, that, I think I think you can back this all the way up, and you can say, well, it, it we. That's not my joke, but I don't think I can name them. But you know who you are. 
I've seen, I saw some, a, th- uh, a really hot take one time that uh, essentially that, you know, the, the, the big theory in Marx is that like capitalism is a transitory stage to, to from feudalism to socialism, right? Yeah. Put simply, this, this, this the hot take was that's absolutely not true. Actually, uh, communism and socialism in like the uh, Europe and uh, Eastern Europe and, and uh, Asia were transitory, were um, transitory from from feudalism to socialism to capitalism. Well, that, yeah. this is a tool to destroy to destroy the the gentry to destroy a feudal uh, traditional structures to destroy. Uh, agriculturalism essentially uh and what was what was lenin's pedigree yeah i mean lenin was technically a part of the nobility so i mean yeah the i agree with the return to tradition i agree with that sort of characterization that's kind of what happened though it wasn't really intended but in terms of in terms of um like you don't think it was intended uh, no, I don't think that uh, the the old Bolsheviks intended for them to be sort of preparing the ground for the return of capitalism well, or the implementation. But that's that's what happened. Well, could you if, if we're talking about the Bolsheviks, you couldn't you argue that they there was no return to capitalism? It went straight yeah, from yeah, it, sure. Yeah. What about the the French Revolution? They they set out to abolish the monarchy and they produced a glorious monarchy. Yeah, I mean, look the the. Sure. The problem with capitalism in 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 Tsarist Russia was just that the old parts, like the pre-feudal or feudal parts of the regime, they were too sort of entrenched, and so careful, slow reform didn't really work. Like the reformers were all defeated, and then the Marxists sort of sweep in and say, "Oh well, we're going to build all of these big industrial cities and sort of kill all the kulaks and do all of this crap." that nobody else could have done. But but the thing about, like, why is this relevant? Well, to tie it back to what we talked about earlier, like, there's two sort of big mystifications that you see with, with leftists uh, and why they hate talking about machine politics or, or even admit that that's a real kind of politics. And the first is always is what I talked about earlier in that, well, I just do critique. I just write all of these sort of uh, um, academic papers about Hart and Negri. Like, that's my service to the revolution. <laughs> and if someone asks them, well, how is this useful? Uh, the leftist will always say, well, I guess it's not them. And then the worker will then say, well, if you're not useful by your own admission, then why the fuck should we pay you any mind? The moment you start talking about politics just like you talk about Christmas gifts. It's not the color you've wrapped the gift in. It's what the gift actually is. Like, what are you actually giving? That's what matters. Um, The moment you start talking like that, the left is in huge trouble because the, what the left can actually deliver, it's fucking nothing, man. Like it, it really isn't. Uh, the left class base is this overproduced elite that is uh, incredibly um, close to sort of being proletarianized. They need all hands on deck to defend their own privileges, and they need to sort of turn over every fucking like sofa cushion to find a spare change underneath to pay off their student debts. 
And what that means is that like the politics that they can actually tolerate is one where all of the money goes to themselves and creates various kinds of jobs. Like, okay, so you want to invest in the North. Well, we'll find a, uh, we'll start a commission of like AOC's bodies who will take, uh, present our choices for NGOs who will then make PowerPoint slides about sort of uh, lifting all voices in the tri-state area. And so like the, all of the, that money that you want to help the tri-state a- area is going to filter through so many hands of like NGOs, college failsons, people who love making websites, people who love making PowerPoint presentations, people who love talking about the fact that like the highway system is like inherently coded against LGBTQ plus people. And we need to do something about that. So there's no money left. And if you, the, the, the question I always ask these people, well, which I would if I talk to them, which I don't because it's a waste of time, would be, okay, so you say uh, we have to take all the money from the billionaires. And even if you could do that, why the fuck should any sort of worker list, like follow you in a war against the billionaires? Because you, unlike you know the really problematic populists like my buddy Marcus, Marcus will say, if we win against the billionaires, you get to keep all the money. <laughs> While these fucking PMCs says, well, you know, we're going to appoint the commission to really investigate how much, like how many fractions of a percent that you people can keep after expenses have been paid. Yeah, That's a yeah. fucking bad deal. Yeah, and these people are fucking lying, right? And so both sides are making calculations. And so it's yeah. not like like it, if I if people are deciding like, hmm, is do I hate the billionaires or the upper middle class more? It's like, well, uh, uh, which move is which move is more likely to get me results? Yeah, that's it. That's it. it this, 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 there's no there's no value because they do this. They accuse all the time. They're like, you should be against the billionaires, but really you hate you hate us upper class people. And it's yeah. like. Well, well, fuck you. You guys do the exact same thing with Bezos and all this shit. And, uh, you know, you're going to kill the Kulak. Like, everyone is making the same. There's no no reason for hard feelings. Yeah, to me, this is all. (laughs) It's not personal. It's just business. Yeah, to me, this is all just about sort of a value proposition. Like, okay, so you have this sort of leftist program that says free broadband for everyone, free sort of, I don't know what the fuck, like. Uh, commissions against race, racism and so on. And we're going to maybe sort of tax some billionaires, but not the ones that are funding our campaign. Like, sure, that's an offer. Like, you're offering someone almost like, you know, the government says, we're going to build a new road, like any takers, and people sort of submit their contracts. This is how much we're going to charge you. This is how long it's going to take. And these mm-hmm. people compete in their sort of propositions, and the cheapest and best one wins. Okay, well, let's have a process like that then. Comrade, uh, I don't know, like DSA member or whatever. Like, okay, what are you offering these people? Yeah, that's what because that's what the that's a great point because that's what the Kulaks do when he's offering to uh, put put a roof on top of the the DMV. That's 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 how he comes into this. Yeah. 
But the problem, again, is just that the moment you sort of, um, ironically, dissolve all of this leftoid chivalry in the ice-cold water of bourgeois calculation, like, the, the jig is up. Yeah. What you end up with is a bunch of, like, failed sons, uh, like, wannabe sort of leaders of the people who all are really mad that they didn't get a job out of law school who say, well, okay, after you pay off my student debts, then we'll see. While, uh, I'm sorry, but if those are your terms, you're going to lose to people like us who say, fuck those student debts. You're not going to pay a red cent of them. Like these people can drown for all you care. Take the money, put it in your own pocket. That's what you should get out of the class war. Boom. Yeah, exactly. This this is why the more than anything, the, the thing I love about machine politics, the reason I like talking about it so much is because we can talk Turkey and just talking Turkey. Even if you say, well, I'm just a neutral observer and I'm here just hanging out. Well, what's going on here? Uh, when you start really, when you start talking about things in material terms, people get real nervous. They start getting real weird around you when you when you leave out when you leave out the the, the magic story yeah. about saving the world and about the revolution. They start getting real real strange on you. Yeah, they they really don't like it because again, it it just it just ruins the entire sort of uh, charade against around all of this stuff. It just destroys the entire uh, pretense that, no, well, you know, I'm just in this for you. And, like, the fact that we should prioritize these things that I want, that that's, like, please don't look behind the curtain. There's no man there. And, and, and again, the the thing about a party like the Arabu Party is just that it's it's... One of the things that we hear from erstwhile leftist comrades the most is just that, oh, you guys, you don't have any class analysis. You've forgotten how to do Marxism. All you have is a culture war, (laughs) which is the funniest fucking bit of projection ever, let me tell you. Because, again, uh, Marcus doesn't speak about, oh, well, you know, all of these f***ers who have, like, they, they have different colored socks or whatever it is that, you know, you have those Alex Jones rants about socks. Like, no, you will not find Marcus ranting about socks because guess what? Socks do not cost the proletariat any money. If you have a bunch of damn liberals who wear different colored fussy socks, like whatever, like that, that, that shit is not going to get put on the agenda. But what will is things that the municipality does that takes taxpayer money and funnels it into all of these fail zones. And there's a lot of projects like that. At that point, the quote-unquote culture warrior, Marcus Allard, will say, actually, these fucking PMCs are taking your taxpayer money and putting it into their own pockets. And you should vote for me if you want me to put a stop to that. I will take your money and put it into your pockets. And again, leftoid losers, haters and losers that we don't even love, even though they were born this way, all they can do is say, this is so culture war. You're not talking about material issues at all, dude. You're just talking about like 
canceling all of these hugely overcosted art projects and putting it into hiring nurses. That's so culture war of you. Because again, what the leftoid can never admit is that he's not the nurse. The leftoid is the artist who needs the government teeth to suck off of. Like these people live of different kind of transfers. And if it's not the government, it's usually some private foundation like the Ford Foundation paying for these motherfuckers. Uh, you know, maybe this is a hot take here, but I, I, I would almost say that like a true, true culture war as culture war is not even, it, it's not super common because it re- kind of requires planning and, and kind of, so a class, so, so a thing where someone could say, Hey, you're just doing culture war shit. It's basically where there's not a lot of money or anything tra- changing hands. There's not much changing but it but it really draws people out. I remember one of like uh, one of them was when uh, Obama tried to like was like forcing these nuns to buy uh, uh, abortion uh, 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 on their health care. And it was very small, some money. It really did not really seem like it, it just it didn't really affect anything. It was just like kind of like a, a, a fuck you. But I don't think he was particularly mean about it, it just kind of it drew it i mean i'm so i still know about it you know 10 years later this this was this draw a ton of heat it was like uh out of nowhere but that kind of shit requires um things that, that's kind of uh that that shit requires all this planning stuff now the, all this shit now is all this legal production stuff there's a lot of money changing hands yeah now. yeah we, but the, can we just can we just retire the concept of like oh that's just a culture war because every time that's I what see I'm trying some, to do yeah yeah I know I'm, I'm agreeing with you I'm saying like every time I see someone now saying oh that's just some culture war shit now like, what it really is is that person is uh they don't want to get they don't want to get into into the argument about something that's certainly not uh, uh uh, purely culture war issue. Like there's like there's money change of hands, status yeah. status and, and stuff like that. It's just there, it's it's a way to to pretend like that you're oh you're rising above it when you're just afraid to fuck with this like whatever group of people. And I'm fine with that. I, I say that all the time. I'm like, hey, I, I don't even want to talk about this thing because I'm I'm scared of those people. They're gonna fucking ruin my life. Just say that. Don't don't say like, oh, this is a culture war issue. I'm, I'm yeah. above it. And it's like, but you're in the middle of a fucking cultural revolution. How are you going to try to divorce uh, cultural issues away from material when like there's just billions of how much money did BL, the BLM make in 2020? How many billions of dollars did they get? Is, yeah. is, that, is that a culture war issue? I don't think so. And that's what, by the way, isn't that, is that what they're trying to replace the, uh, uh, you know, uh, a learning to ride a horse and, and, uh, and lead an army with is just sort of throwing 50 million at, at Kindy uh, X or whatever. Yeah. And then send your kids to, yeah, you, instead of, instead of going to uh, Crimea on in the cavalry, your, your um, aspirant young nobles can go protest. Yeah. I mean, and, um, <sighs> There's yeah the the politics around who gets all that money, like that shit is it's knives up. It's there's no mercy, which is what happens when like it happens inside of the organizations. 
So BLM gets all of this money and it, it leads to a bunch of like office politics, internal sort of organizational yeah. revolutions, people getting yeah. kicked out, people embezzling a lot of money because, yeah, yeah, there was there was a news story just today that like one of the found the co-founders of the BLM, she just moved this super fucking expensive like a uh, L.A. neighborhood. It's like, you know, for for celebrities. Yeah. And of course, because she she is one now, like, she pocketed a shitload of money from you know from donations and it, that now you're now you made it you're no longer a fail daughter i think yeah one of the one of the big questions i would have is so number so number one like are okay so are they like uh is is this class are they like in 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 total panic and they're just sort of at the at the forces of the dialectical materialism right now and this there this is a circling the drain moment or or it, it, what what's what's going on I think it's it's kind of I think the best way to put it have you seen did any of you play like Majora's Mask? That Zelda no. game for the N sixty four? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Well uh, for Marek, like the premise of it, you come to this town, there's you a didn't huge, have the memory card. Yeah. The, well, uh, yeah. the ram the ram up ram chip, right? Yeah, yeah. You come to the town and you don't have a ram ship, so you can't even play the game. End of story. Well, no, actually, like you come to this town and it's uh, it's called Clock Town, and there's a huge like moon with a really angry face up in the sky, and all the villagers are kind of looking up and saying, "Wow, dude, dude that moon didn't have that angry face yesterday, and it was pretty. <laughs> it was a lot smaller." And, uh, you know, the moon is going to crash. Well, nobody really knows it, but the new moon is going to crash down on clock tower and kill everyone in three days. And every new day that you go around the town, the moon is closer and the music, like on the first day, it's kind of laid back and, and, and um, pretty cheerful. On the third day, it's the same melody, but it's sped up like it's frantic. And there's also, um, it, it tries to be cheerful, but it comes across as manic. And there's also the, these kind of like dark undertones. So the music kind of communicates that everyone's going around, like preparing this festival. Uh, but everyone knows that like, holy shit, something is really wrong. We're probably all going to die, but we can't give in to panic. And I think that that's kind of where the elites are at. Like, they see all of these weird phenomena, all of these signs. Like, Trump and Brexit were kind of the point where Skull Kid summons the moon, in a way. And, like, these last years, sure, there's been some victories, but all of that has just made everything, like, the stakes, the stakes have just become higher. Last year, AOC was in a comic book and making tendies on on Facebook Live, and now she's sending thugs to people's house for, for <laughs> hot takes. Yeah, <laughs> things are are, are are getting weird. Yeah, like that's not how a winner acts. Like, no, no. They, they, they've just gone totally batshit insane from bat flu too, and that's yeah. that's part. That, I don't think that's entirely because of the bat flu. I think no. this is like every, everything has this very millennial uh, feeling about it. You know, well, people aren't really that crazy about the bat flu in Sweden. Like it's it's been pretty bad, but like our elites, bless their hearts, like they they really fucking suck. The social democrats are. 
just completely moribund and all of that stuff. But they are in a far sort of less advanced stage of decay than the American elite. So they don't really run around like headless chickens going, well, the sky is going to fall. Because, um, again, like, sure, they, they have a problem with immigration, but, but that problem is kind of shaping up to be like the Swedes against the immigrants and not like, I don't know, the left against the right. But, but, the, but in the U.S., like the U.S. is the imperial capital. It's like it's the center of the world order and it has its problems are just much greater which is why you get all of this sort of weird, the end times are coming, like all of that sort of weird crap through a PMC lens. I'm a governor and, uh, you know, and I'm going to read out a thing that says we're going to give back this state to uh, a, a, a native <laughs> tribe. Yeah, it's like, what the fuck, dude? Like, what are you even doing at that point? But but yeah, like, it's, it's, it's not only that, it's the... the blatant disregard of the norms of the system where people just say stuff like oh well you know from now on um we're gonna give the vaccine to 16 year olds as long as they're like native indians or whatever and it's like you know 16 year olds they don't need a fucking vaccine against the Wu flu like they don't it's it's not dangerous for them like, I'm sorry, but 45-year-old white males need that vaccine a lot more. Plus, this is fucking illegal. Like, what are you doing? LA but, teachers are still not back at school, by the way. Yeah. That's, yeah and Canada, like Toronto or whatever, just went full, full – uh, Ontario just went, like, back in the full lockdown, apparently. The only the party's the, never going to end. The only people they're actually resisting are the fucking uh, unionists in Northern Ireland. God bless them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there there are there have been some based Irishmen pro- protesting against like these bugman lockdowns. I'll have you see to them. Did you see them firebombing that bus? No, no, no. Oh, dude, things are, are popping in Belfast right now. They're popping. And very small tangent. There's some interesting things from that. So one of the things. Okay, so first off, it's the unionists. And basically, the Sinn Fein guys are kind of um, they. That's not very much, but they're kind of you use the the lockdown against them a little bit. Um, uh, what you what you have is you have it's like you you just drop drop two drops. So you know the troubles, the stuff that's been chilled a long time. Stuff happens every now and then. You do a parade, someone gets assaulted, but like you, they just put two add two drops of COVID in there. And then now things are starting starting to get 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 weird, right? And so they they you you know they, they have a little sectarian thing, so they're starting to use the the COVID stick against each other. Anyways, they're in full riot now. There was amazing images. So first off, like these hundred kids come out, and they're these they're, they're like the whatever you call the antique or the proud boys or for the unionists. And the families are standing out there in the street, and they're cheering, they're clapping like it's a sports team. Right? <laughs> And it's these boys, and they're coming out with crowbars and shit, ready to 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 set the, the city on fire. Uh, there's a, there's this red bus, the most striking image. There's one of these double decker London style buses going down the street. One of these boys comes up, and he's got a Molotov cocktail. He chucks that bitch right 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 through the door. The the, the bus catches on fire. It's going to blow up. Uh, who knows? 
I remember there was the, I saw two two American people commenting, and they're like, "How could he do that?" They're like, "A bus, a, a there's a bus isn't Catholic. A bus is for everyone." And then uh, and then immediately like four Irish people pop up and they go, "They know the routes." <laughs> <laughs> Nice. Oh, well, yeah, it's nothing funnier than sectarian violence. Yeah, I mean, look, that, that you know, you're probably going to see stuff like that in the U.S. We had yesterday, yeah. we had a fucking journalist come out and say, if there's any Asian people that don't want Andrew Yang to be your to be your mayor, contact me. We're going to we're going to like, what the fuck? Are, we don't. You can't. You can't roll. She, no, no. She didn't say. You got to say the, what she said. That makes it even funnier. She said AAPI. Yeah, yeah. Asian. See, the thing is, like in the Balkans in North Ireland, like they had a couple hundred years to sort of like map out, like, oh, those guys live on this side of town. Those guys live on this side of town. You start rolling like this, like we, we're not ready for that shit. I gotta chill out. Well, it's not just that, but like the the. The the AAPI thing is really funny because isn't that you're essentially saying like look this is I'm making a political coalition and it's for Filipinos, Chinese people, Japanese people, uh, people from people from Borneo, uh, you know all these the, the disparate groups who are like they're not they're yeah. not that I much got, like they're I got news for these all these people not all you guys are going to get your collective grievance paid out yeah no that that's Another problem with all of this, um, the uh, the grievance politics and the elite in, elite competition is that once you sort of pick the low hanging fruits, uh, you're gonna go ahead and pick what whoever is next. So you know, yeah. Black yeah, open, pe- a, open a history book. Libs re, libs default on this check. Every fucking time. They will bring you guys in and draft you guys in a war and t- give you a collective grievance, and they're going to fuck you in the ass. Yeah, and and so, again, first we start with white people, and then we get, like, black men are the white people of black people. And, and, <laughs> and like, it's going to continue like that until, like, enough chiefs have been uh, made into Indians or killed off. And, and again... At that point, there's not going to be a lot of sort of structural um, uh, integrity to to the coalition left. It's 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 not a it's not a good system. This like it's it doesn't really have yeah. a, a very useful solutions to any of its exactly. problems. And they and they what they try to do is they try to break you. Take people apart and put them back together, and like 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 assemble them like little Legos. You know, oh, you're AAPI tomorrow. Tomorrow we're gonna be talking about uh, the, the East Asian racism against Filipinos, and then oh, oh we're, we're we're not no longer talking about people of color. We're talking about BIPOC, blah blah blah. And Asians and black people are angry at each other. Whatever. It, 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 it's the whole point is they have to have these coalitions that shift around so they can, you know have it set up so they can get 51% in their stupid fucking elections. And eventually they, 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 they miscalculate and things go haywire. That's what happens. That's what's going to happen. Yeah. This, this is what that, that Chapo thing, when they were trying to roast, uh, 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 Jim Clyburn didn't get, cause they, they were scared and they didn't want to talk about it. So they said, well, we need to be careful when we talk about Jim Clyburn because he's a civil rights icon. That's like, 
No, no, he's not in some. He was never in any grand protest or anything. That's not him. No, what you, what you, he's what you're you're trying to say that he is this warrior for for black rights. No, no, he's a warrior for these pe- those black people that live in his district yeah. that fucking vote for him, the, the where they live, where they sleep. It, not not all the people in the world, bro. This is a big difference between you guys and him. Yeah, and and the thing is, and this kind of ties into. Someone made a comment earlier that, well, you know, I don't see the left talking about this total defeat of the Amazon uh, unionization efforts. Like, why aren't leftists talking about this? Well, uh, newsflash, leftists aren't talking about this because leftists have no fucking uh, presence or representation outside of Brooklyn in the U.S. So, of course, they don't know who the fuck are organizing this. And, like, it's not on their agenda because it's just a bunch of poor black people anyway. But the thing is, leftists feel like they should care about every unionization drive in the country for one simple reason. And that's because, like, they need ideological cover. They can't do what Jim Clyburn does and say, well, I care about people who fucking give me something I need, which it votes. This is a transactional business politics. They give me votes. I give them what they want. No, leftists have to maintain the pretense of being like the duckling mothers of every goddamn pro- person with a problem in the entire world. Yeah, well, biz- like the business Republicans do the same shit where like they would uh, you know, pay lip service to traditional family values and, yeah. and shit that they obviously didn't care about because they never did anything that would have that would have uh, actually helped – maintain the social fabric yeah. it's just something that they say to to you know to to keep the proles like su- supporting them and thinking that like there's they might actually make their lives better in some in some minor way which they which neither of them want there and, and luckily enough for everybody like those two pe- the two groups of people are gravitating together into one coalition so we'll have all these dickheads in like one in one big pot and you won't you won't even have to worry about it worry about it anymore you can just Stay away from that, and you'll be fine. Because uh, fuck, fucking David French and uh, Chapo Trap House will have the same politics. Yeah, like we're exactly. getting there. We're yeah. heading there. Yeah, and the thing is, like all of this sort of, well, it doesn't matter who you are or where you live. Like if you have an ingrown toenail on Stanton Island, or if you're like fighting because you don't, you're an illegal immigrant in in Arizona. Like the left is there for you. Fuck you. No, it's not. Uh, and like this sort of, it, it's like kind of like Roman citizenship, but a billion times more dull and stupid. Where. Roman citizenship was powerful when it was exclusive. And then they said, oh, well, let's just make everyone a Roman citizen. And and then it suddenly became fairly meaningless. Like the, the left pretends to care about everything, which is why, you know, not having hot takes about the Amazon unionization failure is somehow a failure of the left, because these are our people, except it's not really the left's people, because they have... These people have done nothing for the left, and the left has not done nothing for them. Like, there's no transaction at all there. And so, to me, the correct stance to have about these things that happen that you don't have a hand in, and and, and I, I take this with, like, a lot of, you know, labor movement, the working class, blah, blah, blah. It's like, it's not my, it's not my problem. Really, it's not. 
just as it isn't Jim Clyburn's problem, what the fuck is going on in like northern T- Tibet or whatever? Like he he probably doesn't really care, or he wishes uh, wh- whoever lives there look l- good luck with whatever they're doing. Uh, because again like presumably they should have their own sort of politicians or activists or organizer or whatever the fuck to handle their own problems they don't need Jim Clyburn and Jim Clyburn hasn't gotten a red cent from northern Tibetans anyway and and people might think that this is like a step back this is going back to a bourgeois mode of politics this isn't real Marxism well actually no it's it's advancing from this sort of insane, idealistic, and frankly ridiculous and childish view of politics to one that actually works. Like for where's for, the materialism, bro? Like why yeah. would there be this? Why would there be this huge uh, drop off from uh, where, where like to to have this inva- advancement of the socialist forces, or whatever? Why would it just include this huge period where 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 this does not happen? Through materialism, through like, yeah. oh, I get that stuff because I'm I'm with that guy. Yeah, exactly. Like that's the thing. Um, um, regardless of what Marx said, and he was a lot smarter than Marxists on this. It's it's kind of like Trotsky, where Trotsky himself wasn't a huge idiot, but like you kind of feel that Stalin had a point in killing him just because who calls themselves Trotskyist. But anyway, um, <laughs> the. I'm like, Jesus Christ. No, well, I mean, the, the, the worst. Have you ever fucking met a Trotsky? I, I, I know. I, I know what you're saying. It's what about really that? Way to say it. What about that motherfucker that runs the, uh, the what is it, the Lincoln Institute or whatever? Yeah, they were all, yeah, trots before they yeah. I mean, trots, uh, are the, trots are the worst pers- people on earth. Like, these people need to be killed. <laughs> in Minecraft. Yeah, you said it, you said in Minecraft. I didn't. That was an omission. That wasn't a mistake, my friend. Yeah. But, uh, two point. Okay. So the, the material relations with the the PMCs and the and the, the Amazon workers. Uh, number one, Huey Long had the same thing. Where there's eight million people in the Share Wealth program. And there's thirty five thousand communists in Brooklyn. Okay. Yeah. Sec- second off. Uh, the you know how like well there we're all workers we're uh, there was a tweet last week that says you know all academic uh, college professors we're workers too it's all the same thing uh, and then that was the, that was the story as it was going into to, to the Amazon thing it's like well you know I'm here at Harvard and I hope those fellow workers are going to do that uh, okay five minutes after the vote went down uh, the actual material relations came out and they're like oh yeah well you don't want us to, to fucking help you well fuck you people uh, I hope you you rot all, <laughs> you see all this bullshit. It's yeah, like, well, yeah. why didn't why didn't we weren't just clear about like, hey, if we could come in, we could muscle things around for you uh, in this in this higher role. No, you had to keep the, the kayfabe that you guys were all the same. Fuck you. Yeah, and and so I would respect that if a bunch of Marxists said, "Hey, we're going to help you sabotage your your employer, and we're going to get you a couple more bucks guaranteed." Instead, it's like, "Oh, we're this happy family, blah blah blah." Fuck. You. Yeah, no, they're not a fucking happy family at all. The, and that's kind of the thing to me. Uh, and, and this is this is one of the things that usually happens. This this is one of the things that one of the pieces of ideology that's kind of hardwired into the PMC sort of DNA almost, uh, which is attacking someone for not being authentically worker enough. Um, 
the the local newspaper wrote a hit piece about Marcus recently, where they were like, "Oh, he has these like nice manicured hands, like they're not the hands of a worker. So why <laughs> is he a populist if he doesn't even have like you know rough calloused hands?" And it's like, dude, 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 look. Uh, everyone knows that Marcus is from an old political family. Like, his grandpa was Speaker of Parliament for a long-ass time. This is not news to people. But get this, people are not necessarily looking for um, someone to paint their wall or remodel their flat. Like, there's craftsmen you call in for that sort of stuff. Yeah, we don't care. We don't care. We don't care if, if the guy was a billionaire or whatever. We yeah. don't care. Yeah, we just no, care. What is going to do for us? I don't want you to off. help me. Why don't you go off and LARP for 10 years uh, and that you're <laughs> something that you're not? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> George W. Bush clearing a brush on his ranch. Yeah, like, journalists, <laughs> journalists always, like, because they're sort of the quintessential PMCs, they just can't get this. They can't understand... The fact that, like, Marcus isn't talking to people based on, you know, hello, fellow kids, let's let's listen to music, uh, lightning bolt symbol band uh, together while playing skateboard. No, like, people actually vote for that guy because he says, like, I will do this for you. You should vote for me if you like this thing. And... They have a class moral code about this. That this yeah. is why they chop down the tall trees. Everyone should sort of stay around the same uh, uh, thing. They, they they have a thing yeah. about this. Everyone should pretend that this shit isn't transactional. It's it's all a happy family. Like, no, Marcus is a transactional person. He says, I need this from you. I need your vote. I need your loyalty. I will do this for you. I will make sure that, like, all this patronage systems that don't benefit you, that are funded through your taxpayer money, stops. We will direct the patronage to you. I don't want to get you in trouble, but one of the things, uh, if you're the if you're the citizen, the more the more uh, ambitious he is, uh, the more I think that that they might be able to do something for me. Yeah, exactly. Like the thing here is, to me, as a sort of you know, completely neutral observer, obviously, no, but but to me, the. The idea that, oh, well, this guy is just another Roosevelt, and you know who that was. Like, his fucking uncle was a president, and now he wants to be president as well. Like, that shit, that narrative is not bad for a leader of the workers. It's not bad at all. So people trying to uh, foster that narrative as a sort of own, well, you know, you're kind of actually just helping us. But the problem here is that, again... The PMCs have to avoid being transactional. They have to avoid talking about, well, is the thing he's offering you like a good deal for your votes? Like, do you get a good return on your investment? But the the real like sort of tragedy here is that you don't the all of this is just such a huge waste of time. I don't go around saying, well, hello, fellow workers, late let's I don't know, mix some cement or whatever it is. Like, no. And if people say, well, hello, comrade Malcolm, 
uh, I saw you on Twitter one day. Let's talk about, you know, mixing cement or, you know, doing worker things because that's your job. Like, no, fuck off. Uh, I'm here as like in my capacity as a private person. Like we can talk about, you know, which tank in Girls and Panzer is the best or whatever the fuck, like which anthropomorphized battleship is more sexy than others. Like, whatever. Like, you've seen pictures of me. I look like a goddamn mess. I'm a huge nerd. Whatever. Like, people make fun of that. But that's me as a sort of private person. I make no bones about that. As a sort of business man... Uh, as a kajit of many fine wares, like it's you. <laughs> that's a different logic. Like if we're talking politically, we're not talking about battleships or anything else or beer or whatever the fuck having calloused hands. We're talking about making a deal, the art of the deal. And at that point, you are interesting to me, and I am interesting to you insofar as we have something to offer. And it's, and you should have that attitude if you want to be serious about politics, regardless of what sort of context you're in. Like if you're talking about unions, for example, unions should exist insofar as they offer their members something that is a, worth their investment. And in terms of like being a politician or even a populist, it's not our fucking job to go around starting unions for people. Because if people think that unions are really valuable, they should start them themselves. We can probably help in some ways, ways that are sort of inside of the role of politicians. But it's not our job to fucking organize people. Like the left's obsession with, well, we just have to hire organizers so everyone can be constantly organized. To yeah. what that's the jobs program. I mean, they, they, yeah, yeah. They, this is this is the thing where it's like, okay, we'll have unlimited immigration and, and then we'll have um sort of set up things to where uh, uh like your rent would be super high and your pay would be super low because of the conditions we've created, but we'll set up a minimum wage or we'll set up price controls so that uh you gotta come through us. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, where it's like, okay, you're like okay, there will be unlimited pressure on your wages, wherever, but this union will be there, and as long as you're loyal, uh, it comes through you. Look now, the best unions come out when you have ton, when you have a lot of. You'll see like guys like electricians, ball players, and stuff. Their unions are awesome because they started from a position of strength. Where, where, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I can finish with it. I can close out with a little story. So there's a thing. There's a yeah. thing about this this fakeness that, that sort of happened. Um, uh, that sort of destroyed uh, a lot of a lot of it just sort of ruined things for no reason. I don't know if you so. Uh, you know, in rap music, right? So one of the th- so rap music's most popular kind of music. One of the things that people don't realize, like sort of the uh, the, the life uh, uh, trajectory of someone who makes good music, is not really the same as like uh, uh, someone who's uh, uh, a cocaine trafficker. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so a lot of these people, like uh, you know DJ Paul or or you know even Tupac and stuff, they didn't they didn't come from a life of drug cracker. They came from a life of, of playing music. And singing and dancing, things like this. And then there became this this huge, I don't know, for, for whatever reason, I'm not really sure, uh, like this intense demand that, like, 
these – one thing well, – part of it is the, the stories. It's kind of like, you know, my parents, when they watch movies, they they, walk, they only watch want to watch westerns. They like westerns. When you see western stories, those are cool stories. They're small-scale stories of heroism and danger and all this stuff. And what people like in rap music, they like stories of small-scale drug dealers, guys living in a dangerous neighborhood – Guns, guns are blast. You know that, that's where the cool stories are. Then there yeah. just came this desire that that the rap guy, well, they can't be fake, right? They can't be, they can't be fake. You know, they have to be real. They got to be really real. And so what you what you had these rappers doing is they were like, okay, well, look, I know how to play music. I went to college. I got a degree in, in music composition, but now I've got to be a fucking gangster. Okay, so these guys would just sort of like approach gangsters, and or they would be sort of predatory approach and. Be, by uh, by guys and they're sort of like um you guys gotta like get me to do something criminal because i need to i need some rep reputation you need authenticity yeah yeah and, and these and they had no idea what they're like you, you, there's 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 parts of this this lifestyle that are sort of built up and they have, they have no and and next thing you know like they're in jail or they're ratting people out or they're shot dead because they're they like this is like this is bizarre like like what do you, world. yeah and, and you just ended up with a bunch of people dead and you don't have your music anymore and it's 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 then it's not even necessary because like Johnny Cash never set foot in Folsom Prison as a prisoner like you know he didn't need he didn't need to do that to sing about it yeah 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 Clint Eastwood just just play the 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 guy on the you know all those all those like actual heroes of the West like Billy the Kid shit they all dead at like nineteen and a half like like look <laughs> you don't you don't need to, to to roll like this just just do your job yeah yeah I mean that's kind of the problem. Politics is transactional. And as long as you can mystify the stakes, as long as you can pretend it's not a transaction at all, that it's just, you know, happy feelings. We're all a family like corporations do. I'm making the world a better place. Yeah. Um, as long as you do that, you can sort of maybe put off the final reckoning, but like it's not going to be like that for very long. Sooner or later, people are going to sort of realize... Um, just exactly like what sort of team you're playing on. That's kind of why the left has just been destroyed at this point. Yep, you're at a stoplight in Las Vegas and uh, somebody pulls up and they, they send you off to play Minecraft. You talked about the, the attitude of the age, the, 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 the dream and all this kind of stuff, uh, uh, the, the nemesis complex. One of the stories out of the North North Ireland thing. So when the things first popped off, when they were like, "Okay, this is going to come to a head. There's going to be like a, this is going to be an extended conflict." Um, the first thing they did was so you know they have this this grand like arch that they build when they solve the troubles. They call it the Peace Gate, and it's it's covered with flowers and signs of beauty and 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 of a, of a future that everyone can believe in. And the first thing that that the guys did was they went and burned down the Peace Gate. <laughs> God, <laughs> that's horrible. This welcome to the Nemesis Complex. Making their way. 